3: You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Leviticus 18.22 Because of this, God gave them over to their shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Romans 1.26-27 Or... Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. 1 Corinthians 6.9 Those are three of a few passages from the Bible that Christians have used for generations to decide what to do about the existence of people who don't identify straight or cisgender. Sometimes these passages are used as weapons of mass destruction by those in power. Often they're used as an over-spiritualized scapegoat for existing homophobia. In 2018, this particular sword of the spirit is getting pretty limp, but, <laughs> but this is it. All the pain within the church, all the shame, severed relationships, broken families, failed marriages, reparative therapy clinics and camps, systematic and cultural homophobia, and even suicide rates for LGBTQ youth, you can more or less trace back to stuff the Apostle Paul said 2,000 years ago. So, for those on the other side of this, for those that believe homosexuality is a sin and incompatible with a lifestyle of Christianity, my question is this, is this worth it? For Miss Tammy Hicks, a devout Christian woman in the small town of Gay, Georgia, ultimately the answer was, nah. So we watch Queer Eye, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun.
2: <laughs> Is there my wife in there? I don't think so. My wife. <laughs> 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 oh, <man>. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Our theme song is becoming like a, a horrible mashup of the inside of your head. That's
3: right. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin.
2: I am Caroline.
3: And we're here to have some good...
2: Christian fun. fun.
3: Wait, do you think that's what the inside of my head sounds it's like? It's probably
2: that and then this Kermit <laughs> vine that you just showed me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't.
2: And then a little bit of... Mine. just...
3: T- no, there's more twins. going on than just memes. I
2: know there's a lot. I
3: promise. There's
2: a lot of good stuff in there. There's
3: also podcasts. <laughs> Caroline, what is good Christian fun?
2: Um, this is the show where we talk about uh, Christian pop culture. Kevin and I grew up in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are versed in it, you could say. And uh, this is what we've decided to do with all that knowledge is make a fun comedy show. Because
3: knowledge is power. Sometimes it's not so fun. No. No. <laughs>
2: Sometimes we need to get some shit done.
3: Right, right, right. And we're going to get shit done tonight. This will be one of the not fun ones.
2: <laughs> this is an
3: agenda-focused sure. one. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Um, so, uh, yeah, this is a a little bit of a pop culture podcast. We talked a lot about things that Christians make uh, to entertain each other and themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've
3: been on a bit of a streak. Yeah, of, we've been on a little Let's abandon uh, the premise altogether. A and bit do- of a
2: secular streak. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, no, so that's, that's what we're doing. That's I can
3: get by. <laughs> that's
2: right. Jeez. Uh, what? Uh, and so, um, yeah, we're not here to, uh, quote, unquote, lead anyone to Christ. That's not our goal. We don't care. Uh, if you like that, that's good for you, though. We're not here to bash your religion. We're not here to denigrate what you may believe. Um, We're just here
3: to make you think like the dearly departed Miss Aretha Franklin wanted us to do.
2: Oh, R.A.P. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is... And this we want to do it with fun. respect. <laughs> <laughs> we, <R-A-S-B-C-T. laughs> we do. H.B.C.T. Did I cover it?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay, got it. Okay,
2: great. How's your heart? Are going? you not
3: sure if you covered
2: it? I don't know. Sometimes I switch it up and then I forget if I covered it. No, the
3: bases it's good. I like when you choose a different metaphor to explain it every time. Oh, it's good. Like, we're like archaeologists going back to the 90s, mid CCM days of blah, we're blah, blah. We're like
2: plumbers, digging plumbers blasting open a Whoa. new pipe. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's I, my favorite one. Uh, I'll do a preemptive lift up. I was looking at this. Uh, Twitter so many account. lift
3: ups you gotta do them now that was
2: yeah that was all machine gifs just like things that machines do in mm-hmm. factories and whatever
3: oh it's very satisfying it is
2: mesmerizing sure. yes and then one was just blowing a pipe free <laughs> I was like I know what that looks like
3: that was something and they didn't cover this in the documentary but that's something Mr. Rogers did a lot where he's like let's just watch some machine stock footage oh yeah right <laughs> he would just show it for which like 15 great, minutes which is great because that was that
2: whole show uh, how stuff is made that's not it
3: how did this get made? How it's made? made? Paul Shear.
2: No, it was a TV show uh that just that just showed you how they make products. Making <laughs> a murder. I really murderer liked it. Yeah, it was a lot Stephen of factory Avery. footage. Yeah. yeah, that's it. How's your heart, Kevin? <laughs>
3: <laughs> my heart's pretty uh you know what? I I uh my heart was a little lifted this past weekend cuz I went to the Jim Henson exhibit <gasps> yeah. at the Skirball Center. Yeah, I what was I saw some that? of our favorite little muppets in person. Aww. Little Ernie, little Bert, little
4: Kermit.
2: Were there puppeteers like making them go?
3: No, but they were in the the little glass uh, boxes. Oh. But they weren't like laying lifeless because <laughs> <laughs> that, be, that would be that would be disturbing, haunting.
2: Kermit loosely <laughs> just just laid like, across the wow. box. <laughs> Kill me, uh,
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. So nothing like that. What but do you it,
2: get to do in there?
3: Well. You get to just look at stuff. I never know what to do with museums, but I did enjoy this one. I usually don't love museums. Yeah, stuff. I've been to
2: museums with you a couple times.
3: <laughs> once, no, once I think in we New York. Went
2: to something else too.
3: Yeah, but it's hard to just like pensively stare at stuff and nod. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess you can take hard. pictures and stuff. It's hard to not feel like a dummy. <laughs> I think.
2: <laughs> Uh yeah, I guess so.
3: So I'm saying Kermit lived in my heart, and, and now that was a good time. well now I'm on a quest to get an actual Kermit that's good, not a crappy like like a bootleg one because there's so many of those. Or there's so many on Amazon. They're just the plush, but like an actual. You want to
2: get a Kermit puppet? Like
3: an actual puppet is like 200 or 300 bucks. Like expensive.
2: What are you gonna do with it?
3: I don't know. Make make uh,
2: friends. Yeah, <laughs> you'll make one friend. <laughs> I'll
3: finally make a friend. <laughs> outside of this podcast uh, that would be really so, sweet so that's my inspiration how's your heart
2: oh i look forward to when you get that kermit puppet i feel like things are gonna really pop off
3: <laughs> i'll start sending more exclamation points on our text like yeah. man kevin just seems a little he's responding quicker seems he's skipper he, he seems in a better place <laughs> and you just see my instagram stories and it's like it's you and him 50 holding little dashes the at the top of the screen it's like oh no oh, How's yours? How's your uh,
2: heart? My heart's good. I feel like I'm trying to calm myself down more. I feel like I'm buzzing lately, which is good for this this energy here. But when I need to go to sleep, it's not so good. Buzz,
3: buzz, buzz. Yeah, Wait, did you have caffeine? Hair. No. Before tonight?
2: Mm, I had some this morning. Okay. Yeah. I just need to... <sighs>
3: So, mine was how I got excited, and yours is why. You (laughs) need to be less excited. excited. Mm -hmm.
2: I tried, I downloaded uh, Headspace, that app that helps you meditate. They're not a sponsor.
3: Oh, shit. They're not a sponsor. I mean, But they can be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stedman Space. Stedman Space. It's just gifts of Stedman in space that someone made. Mm -hmm.
2: And that calms you right down. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I'm doing. Nice. Yeah.
3: Well, the topic for today
2: is Queer Eye. Yes.
3: A show that the episode that we're talking about. Episode 1 from Season 2, God Bless Gay, was the first episode I ever saw of the show. It was oh, actually yeah. here. It was
2: with, with us, right? Right
3: after you did the Chalk Festival stuff. Oh, right. With our mutual friend, and we came back here, and I was just not ready, because we were like unwinding, getting pizza and stuff, <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> just like choking on it. It was great. Yeah. Uh, but we needed a little bit of help to talk about this topic today, so we need... To introduce a very, very special guest, ladies and gentlemen, you may know him as an actor. You may remember him from *The Little Rascals* or *Full House*. Ladies and gentlemen, give it the hell up for Blake Blake McIver. I hope that wasn't overwhelming oh, sir that was lovely i never know so how grand. much startling the guests would have
2: been better if we screamed at you more yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> if we screamed literally at the top of the lungs off my
2: i think i would like that because then i'd feel like okay at least i'm the sane one in the room there
3: you go and Sure. i'll have the most gravitas wait someone told me recently i say sure too much so i want you to keep me accountable
2: for i'm not that. gonna do that I that's, think that's a, a verbal tick it's a
3: verbal tick though and we want to nip those things in the bud okay <laughs> okay Blake thank you so much for joining us thank on the show today buddy You're what's your what's your history with faith and Christianity and things of this nature It's a It's a long uh, it's a, quite we're a long here. history we're here. actually right. yeah. yeah
2: I like long history
3: <laughs> um, so
1: <laughs> is that true yes I do uh, oh, okay yeah no I don't mean here I just mean like generally
2: oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the, the first five years of my life I existed in this wonderful blissful space where my parents were just former Episcopalian/ Methodists that didn't go to church and it did nothing really mattered and then uh, I went to elementary school uh, here in Southern California at Hillcrest Christian School. Wait where is that? I feel like I know that one. North San Fernando Valley. Oh Um, it doesn't exist anymore because they took over a whole conglomerate. That's a whole nother story. Oh wow. Um, But my parents decided to enroll me in Private school, um, at, because at the time that made the most sense. Our school districts were not so mm-hmm. hot in the late eighties, mm-hmm. and so when we when they enrolled me into the school, they said, "Well, we have a ch- we have a church, and we'd love for you to come." And uh, you know, attend to just see what our what our church is about. And they had just gotten a brand new pastor who had just uh, moved to California from Oklahoma and was very excited, young pastor, ready to build a congregation. <laughs> they and, always
2: are. Uh, oh, they always
1: are. <laughs> they always are. Um, and so they started going to church every Sunday, and I started going to Sunday school every Sunday. And pretty mm. soon, my parents decided to get baptized. And then wow. shortly after that, I decided, oh, I guess I have to do this now, so I did. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Were you like a preteen when you got baptized? Were no, you little?
1: I was six and a half, oh, seven years old. Little. Yeah. yeah. Could you no. swim
3: when you got baptized? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. That I could. seems
2: like a good parameter. If you can't swim, right? Like you we, shouldn't
1: be able to.
3: <laughs> we talk about age of accountability. Swim. We talk about all this stuff. But let's make a rule: if you can't swim, maybe don't get Just baptized. Swim, don't girl. get baptized. Just
2: grown adults <laughs> yeah. that can't swim, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? And they I
1: shouldn't baptized. get baptized. <laughs> they probably shouldn't. Mm. They mm. should the do the sprinkle if they like really. Need. <laughs> That's right. Just the Holy the water of water <laughs> <laughs> over their
2: head. Just
1: waterboarding is suddenly what I saw in my brain. How twisted. It a that. holy water. That's the
2: way God wanted it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's how Dick Cheney worships.
2: Uh, okay, so that so anyway, you you, baptized at six. Yeah, and, seven and so, and
1: I come from a very, very full show business family. So my dad was a mm-hmm. studio executive when I was a kid. Um, my mom was a dancer on variety television in the '60s. She was one of Dean Martin's number one backup dancers. Wow. And, um, she was on tons of TV shows in the '70s and did movies and tours and toured with recording artists and all, all that kind of stuff back then so we, we were very much I was very much born into the business yeah. in that way yeah. um, and because of that my parents weren't really that keen on me getting into it at a young age but I kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and the, the thing that I became fixated on at like I don't know four or five years old was Star Search? I thought that was because that was the big, that was the only TV competition show at the right,
3: time. Right, and back yeah. then that was kind of the equivalent of like what an American Idol or an America's yeah. Got
1: Talent is now. Yeah, it would yeah. just be like imagine, you know, for for your younger listeners, mm-hmm. imagine <laughs> if like so you think you can dance, The Voice, American Idol was the same and America's show. Got Talent yeah. was all one show hosted by oh. one person. And it
2: wasn't just singing; like it was dancing. No, there ta- were dancers. Kind of there okay. were
1: my favorite. There was there was the spokesmodel category. No, <laughs> which that's is basically. Not it. One. A disgusting beauty pageant on a television show. Oh, oh yeah, no, it was so uncomfortable. No.
2: Selling a product?
1: Basically, the, the the winner got like a modeling contract slash one endorsement at the end of it. I think. Oh gosh. <laughs> see the problem with speaking and modeling for a living? I
2: think that's Selling cool. Selling really great quality products, <laughs> like, like Quip, Quip.
1: toothbrush. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm sure a lot of QVC careers were started right that there. So funny that, that was a whole
2: category. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so so, you thought, so I thought I that's I my that's my ticket, search. and mm-hmm. my mom was my mom being a dancer was like, no, 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 we're, you're gonna learn to dance. Like they're, you're not gonna start just you're not just gonna throw yourself onto television like Uh you're gonna you're gonna learn to dance so she took me to the one person that she knew to go to which was one of her former teachers um, happened to be Patrick Swayze's mother Patsy who had a dance school in Simi Valley and so she drove me out to Simi Valley three times a week to take tap ballet and jazz from Patsy Swayze from Patsy Swayze mother of Patrick himself and you had Um, the time of of your your life doing that right oh my gosh yeah like 100% (laughs) Yeah. yeah and so I was still I was still pushing on this Star Search thing. Star Search, Star Search, Star Search. <laughs> and my I like
2: that your mom was like, You need to have something on your resume. Right, <laughs> you right. She was so that's one. how legit
1: she was. <laughs> <laughs> like she was like, Yeah, I get that you sing around the house, but no. You're
2: training. Yeah. So
1: so I started training <laughs> and um I was at a dance competition with Patsy, um, with her dance team, and I was too young to compete. I was one like bracket, age bracket. Group, age bracket. Yeah below. But she wanted me to perform so I sang while the judges tabulated the the actual competitors. And oh, wow. I did. I was the audience You're you the know, like I was the in-between You that. were essentially uh like special music at church, church. Exactly. Where it's like when they
3: pass the plates, oh, there's a lady or gentleman. And we'll that get a we'll solo. get all the way okay. into <laughs> that in
1: just a second. This
2: must have been huge um, for you. It was either. but it was like
1: I mean but it was like it was also like at the sportsman's lodge in a ballroom. So it wasn't like the biggest thing. Yeah true. But one of the judges of the competition was the director of Star Search at the <gasps> time and he approached my mom afterwards and said, will your son come audition for the next season? We want him in the junior vocal category. It's oh yeah, providence. <laughs> that's meant a to god be. moment. Sure. And she was like, <laughs> okay. And so we went to the audition. I got on the show. Wow. I won four episodes which was enough to qualify me to compete in the finals. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, and I won and that's what started my career. So that's... You won Star Search? I won Star Search, yes. <gasps> wow. 1992. I'm dazzled.
2: Even now. Junior
1: vocal.
3: I'm champion. sorry I didn't put that in your
2: credits
1: oh, when I was it's introducing like, you It's not, that it's barely, number one. it's barely searchable.
2: That's amazing. I think Star Search went on. Pretty deep into the 90s, or maybe even early 2000s, because I know I had a friend who went on there. They point. tried
1: to reboot it. Oh, maybe that's With Arsenio was. Hall, I think, in the okay. early 2000s. Okay. Because yeah. Tori
2: Kelly went on Star Circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That her, was the yeah. reboot.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Unfortunately, I Arsenio Kelly. could not bring his Midas touch to the Star <laughs> he, he
1: was <laughs> franchise. <laughs> he was Snow Ed McMahon. Uh, it's so weird. <laughs> okay. Through. So, anyway, so that all happened at the same time. The, the reason why I'm getting into that is because oh, that all happened at the same time as the great evangelical schism in my parents' brains. So here I was starting a career in show business, their business, and they're suddenly starting this new spiritual path Mm -hmm. that became very intense and profound very quickly. I have found that people who discover the church in that way later in life or sometimes much more vehement about it in every way yeah. good and bad.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. Um
1: and so that was interesting for me to grow up with because I had the, I felt like I lived a double life.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say did you connect with their fervor at all or were you just kind of like, well, I guess we're into this now?
1: I, I didn't. It was all performative for me. Mm. Um, and luckily it was very linked to music, which was fun. Yeah. And you know, and I had the my great loves of of CCM at the at the time. Which but. like. who? <laughs> well, like I mean I pretty much think that the only reason why I agreed to get baptized was cuz Crystal Lewis came and sang at our <laughs> church for a revival and I was like, well, sure. if she can hit that note People then I can dunk friend friend my head. God she is real. Then <laughs> <real. laughs> God is real.
3: Wow, yeah, we we haven't Sweet. done Crystal Lewis on the show so yet. Nice. She Ugh. was she was kind of, she was as close as CCM got to like a diva. Pretty I think much. in a yeah, lot she was of like ways. kind of the
1: Mariah Carey of um, CCM, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: um, so Crystal Lewis Yeah Crystal Lewis Sandy debut?
1: Patty I mean yeah. I sang Every Sandy Patty song Known to man At <laughs> every Patty revival Stan. And Easter Just like Emerson Yeah that's, Yeah we connected On that early on It was just such A random thing <laughs> Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, for, yeah. Those, for those that, that may not know Patty. Blake and Emerson Are roommates
2: <laughs> <laughs> Close pals
1: <laughs> Right
2: <laughs> Yes <laughs> Yes um, Okay so you You had those favorites You were like I guess I'm into this. I really like the music aspect and maybe even the performance aspect. Because there's a lot of stages of church stuff. You oh can, my gosh, you can yes. get on there.
1: Yes, and I was in all the musicals and all the Christmas shows and all of that, you know, I did all of that. But I was doing that all at the same time that I was working professionally. But so you were actually right. getting very, jobs. Yes, it was very strange. I had a very that weird is a disconnect. Yeah. Did that um, mess
3: you because I because that's always whenever people who worked when they were kids in Hollywood come out the other side of it with any sense of like you know normalcy at all. It always does feel miraculous in a lot of it, ways. Yeah. So, like,
1: how did it affect you at this time? Well, it was kind of a harsh reality check because my my lives were so separate, and I had my show business life, and that was a whole set of friends, and that was a whole set of coworkers, and that was I was expected to basically be an adult and and, mm-hmm. and perform as an adult and do. That was kind of my parents' baseline. They were like, "You can you can stop this at any point, but if you're going to do it, you're going to do it as an adult. You're not going to do it as." You're not going to act like a kid. You're not going to like you. Mm. So I was constantly being made aware of what I was giving up. But everything at church and school was just so painfully normal yeah. That I was like Yeah I'll give that yeah, up like, Duh it's Like <laughs> What? Yeah like, It didn't feel like That much of a yeah, yeah, Sacrifice like, Yeah exactly It's like oh I can sing at the, In the church pageant Or I can like Do <laughs> another episode Of Full House mm-hmm. Like what Is this really this really? The, <laughs> I could do Tetherball? Tether really yeah mm-hmm. like so mm-hmm. much Tetherball Why was there So
3: much Tetherball? <laughs> I, <don't>
2: tether <laughs> tether I hurt myself On Tetherball So many times miserable.
3: Those are gone now Right? We don't do
1: Tetherball I think we've I don't know We had to have Taken them all out I
2: split my hand open So many times Is that true?
1: Yeah because it was Like a little nubbin at it the top. It was just danger. Wait, it was just an accident yeah, like waiting to happen. Like, oh, yeah, on on let our six-year-olds just, just hang themselves ball.
3: on the... My only tetherball memory is going to my buddy's house and he did something bad so his mom grounded him and she said, well, we can play tetherball so I played with her in the backyard. <laughs> You're like, this hilarious. is my plan all <laughs> along. No, that wasn't it. It wasn't a Mrs. Robinson. Anyway, continue.
2: <laughs> um, what were the kind of things where they expected you to be an adult? Was that just like no goofing off? Oh, yeah. No showing your like gleeful child yeah, there was like no
1: there was no child. Yeah. 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 Any sort of any sort of normal child behavior mm-hmm. was completely unacceptable. Okay. Um, and what was funny is I watched a lot of the bratty, you know, kids that were working and on set and whatnot, um, do that. And I was just, you know, already a little snob looking down. Yeah, my nose I would
2: like, never oh, do They, that. Can, they <laughs> just
1: have no self control. How sad. Isn't that just, <laughs> what age isn't that are just you so, so tragic? How droll? This is like seven, eight. Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so oh, little. yeah.
1: It's so little. <laughs> so little.
3: I love an eight year old snob.
1: Oh, totally. <laughs> Little monocle snob. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, Hollywood figured out a way to like monetize the precociousness and the sort of snobbery. And that's why I always played these <laughs> nasty vill- villains, uppity <laughs> yeah. villains, you know, <laughs> rich jerks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, th- so you're living
2: kind of this double life. Definitely. Li- yeah.
1: Definitely living a double life. Um, the And then at one point, um, the the two paths crossed in a very profound way for me and it was shortly i was still doing full house but shortly after star search kind of in that period i was like seven eight um and i went to an audition for it was to be a recording group it was basically a a, an audition for a recording contract but it was with a group and um lou adler the producer uh he famously produced carol king's tapestry you know that that little oh, that little oh, known yeah. Album. oh hell yeah <laughs> he had a record label at the time called ode records and he was putting together this this group and it was to be a gospel recording group of kids and the the name was all god's children okay and it was formed after shortly after well, actually directly after the la riots and it was supposed to be <laughs> to a, solve them <laughs> kind of an outreach kind of because it was like a it was kind of a multi, multi-ethnic multi group and, and ages eight to 18 was the thing. And we sang mm-hmm. all like current hip hop gospel music, but it was all with like positive lyrics. And I mean, really they hired great producers and it was fantastic. But my audition was at the Roxy on Sunset. Wow. Like, <laughs> so here I am like seven years old on the stage of the Roxy yeah. singing like- <laughs>
2: Probably right and honestly, got on
1: probably stage. singing "Sandy Patty" if I'm being <laughs> perfectly honest. Like it was probably a shepherd She's of my heart moment. <laughs> um, was it meant
2: to be like a religious choir? Was yeah, it, just, it was definitely oh, okay.
1: no, it was definitely like yeah. Oh, oh yeah, no, it was full on gospel music. Okay. Like so I got I got hired. And, and got this contract, and so I was r- working with these amazing singers and amazing musicians that like, really taught me how to sing. Because, like, I was kind of playing at it. Like, yes, I had, quote-unquote, one star search for singing, but that was just, like, whatever I was imitate. You know, yeah. I was a good mimic, mm-hmm. and I was like... You know, I I won with "Before the Parade Passes By." I mean, like l- I was listening to Barbara Streisand and this like just dude, yeah, just at like least I could have won with that one. <laughs> just being, but this was like this was for real. I mean, yeah. this was like you know I was up against like some massive riffers and great rappers and great mm. like it was just amazing, like mm-hmm. so eye opening. Um, and so all of a sudden, we were being booked at these churches every weekend in the inner city. To like promote our record, and we were like selling records at churches, which was Funny. so hilarious. And and we were also doing like festival gigs, and you know, like we did the Stellar oh, Awards, and like you yeah. know, like we did other things. But the thing that stuck with me was going to these churches in communities that were literally decimated by the riots, mm. and being like, oh my gosh, I am living like my church bubble is so white bread North Valley Waspy. And here I am in my own city having a completely different experience with the church and with faith and with music that is suddenly so moving and so profound that makes everything back there in Northridge look so stupid and mm-hmm. so hypocritical and so performative. Yeah,
2: and it's so stark even that like an eighth-year-old was like, hey, what are oh we doing? Oh my gosh,
1: Star- <laughs> so stark, yeah. like shockingly so. Mm-hmm. And so that, in some ways, it was wonderful and then in some ways it set me back because i was like oh that's real and so then i just thought black church was the only real church for the longest time <laughs> you swung totally the other <laughs> uh, yeah, <line>. the pendulum <laughs> just swung all the way to like that's oh well if it's not true. if it's not an ame congregation then they're it's, lying. Then clearly they don't <laughs> believe uh, they're anything they're saying yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow so, so you know that because that's like the nine-year-old brain like goes to those extremes sure. well and i wonder what that must have been like too growing up in LA, and for
3: people that don't know, that don't live in LA, LA County is so sprawling and there's so many, there's there's a hundred something neighborhoods within LA, so it is very easy to get sequestered in Northridge, in Pasadena, for example, in Glendale, over on the west side, or in Compton, like right. and, and just become your own island and not be able to experience those things. But,
1: no, it's so true. I went to school with kids that had never been to Hollywood, yeah. and they're, you're, like, in Northridge, what? you're it's less twenty, than 20 miles. Yeah, it's right there. Like, you're <laughs> you ten miles. Away. Yeah, like we'll see a movie. Yeah, it's cra- It's yeah, it's uh, That's weird, weird. Like very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So so then it became a triple life, because then oh my so gosh. then I had like the regular school, regular church. Then I had the recording group, which was like, oh my gosh, I'm really learning how to sing and I'm going to churches where I'm starting to actually feel something. Yeah. That must mm-hmm. be faith. Because you hadn't felt anything mm-hmm. before. No. Okay. No, it was all kind of peer pressure faith. So my parents soul, were yeah. clearly feeling something yeah. profound.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, but I was not. I mean, I mean, I felt something when Crystal Lewis sang. But, oh, how, could you know, you I mean, how could you not? How oh, could no you? You're yeah, dead inside. You're dead inside if you don't. Um, but yeah, and so then, and then, then still having the, you know, sort of the hustle of the Hollywood life as a mm-hmm. kid actor and just auditions every so afternoon much. and, you know, working as much as I did, which was qu- quite a lot, yeah. um, at the time. So yeah, so it was that became a whole song and dance in and of itself.
2: What was it like relating to the other kids in the choir who were maybe different from your school friends or different from TV friends? Um, that
1: like? was the actually the best mm-hmm. part of it is because I made friendships there that were so outside of the friendships that I w- was making in any other area. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just because of the background issue or the socioeconomic dispari- disparity, I guess is the right word, but it was just we were bonding over our love of music. I was so in awe of everyone's talent. Like mm-hmm. it was so exciting to be because I was kind of viewed as like, oh, he's, he's great at that. Like they, I was, I was kind of like this a little bit of like they had the special child syndrome problem, yeah. and there I was the least talented person in mm-hmm. the group, and that was awesome. That's fun because it then it's amazing. like intimidating in and fun. It was, way. I was, I had the worst voice of these <laughs> singers, right. and wow. it was awesome yeah it was so cool and i think from that i'm still that way where i like being the least talented person in the room because it challenges me and it, make, it excites me like i've never yeah. understood that like weird jealousy thing of like i need to be the best like well
2: too and i mean on me. another level too you're like well now i'm impressed and entertaining uh, entertained and having yes. a good time because yes. i'm going to hear these people go off and that's great yes.
3: and it's like we discussed in sister act episode last week where it's like People working together for common creative cause in oh, like an artful cause is so
2: choir is like profoundly I think bonding. Music. Yeah. Oh, it's so the best. Special. It's uh-huh. the best. It's probably yeah. just like being in a band, but, but just with yeah, voices. but with just voices. Yeah, yeah and exactly. We're all doing the same instrument. It's exactly. Really
1: special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you joined that choir? Uh, I was hired. We were formed when I was eight, I think. Yeah, because yeah, because I was the littlest. There was you me. had a triple life at eight years old. Yeah yeah
3: I can barely have one life at 28
1: <laughs> that's my life.
2: oh well um okay so then what happened here after this
1: so the the group because we had teenagers that were like actually trying to pursue recording careers and yeah. should and rightfully so because they were amazing <laughs> yes yeah. um the group we only lasted past our we did a, one album Toured with it. Um, and is we, it on Spotify? I don't know that it is. Okay. It might be. It's. I mean, it's. You. You. It's early '90s hip hop, like you wouldn't believe, I but bet. with all Jesus lyrics. It's. It's a. It's a hoot. I'm gonna well, search. Give um, me the name. All God's children. All God's children. Okay. <laughs> but then we released a Christmas uh, single medley that we uh, performed at the Crystal Cathedral and shocked them all yes Um,
2: (laughs) the Crystal Cathedral oh my gosh that'd be amazing we
1: scared them to death (laughs) is this you sir that's it oh my gosh so so my song is child of the king is (gasps) my soul I mean we all sang on all the songs we're gonna listen (laughs) that's it oh hell yeah Come on, everybody. I mean, admittedly, this is the widest track on the whole album because it's my solo. But <laughs> you said hip-hop. I'm not hearing the hip-hop. No, no. no. You you know, there's others. That's me.
4: <gasps> Look at you. That is eight-year-old
1: me sing. just singing his praises.
0: He is goodness, he is love. And I'll never get enough.
1: You'll never get enough. Oh, this is so great.
3: Yeah. This is very pure, Blake. I it is mean, it's
2: pure. Me free, me free, me free. Is that me freeze. me freeze. A little accent. Bad.
4: Yeah, sweet. our arranger oh. and
1: producer Maxi Anderson has done a gazillion. Thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, every soundtrack you've listened to in the past twenty years, she's had her hand in in some way or another oh. with the vocals. And oh, um, yeah, I so bet was,
2: this tore the house down. Like when the littlest one comes <laughs> up and sings like this, it's amazing.
3: Where are you? Oh, is that you in the front? Yeah, right there. That's
1: me in the front oh,
3: on the right.
1: <laughs> it's very sweet. In our in our baggy um, oh. baggy shorts and
2: that's it now anyway it's
1: catchy it's, it's catchy as hell. there were some bops on that record yeah that was uh, obviously the the whitest lead that was the that was their foray into um <laughs> yeah for ex- instead of like uh well if you go to the end of that track you'll hear a Crystal Lewis level voice Take my hand. oh girl that's a white girl by the way no, and it's a really? child yeah eight to 18 <laughs> at the time that that was recorded damn that was yeah. amazing that was our first single which was Precious Lord Take My Hand Precious Lord and then a pop song that Maxie wrote to go around it to bookend it called yeah. My Precious Lord <laughs> which is that melody that you're hearing <laughs> just Weird. full whistle tone just yeah <laughs> this just is like mini Rivertoon stuff on. oh wow. yeah no that used to like tear the house down yeah, yeah. that's amazing
3: oh
2: gosh oh, okay
3: well I smell a
1: second service coming yeah, on <laughs> absolutely oh boy
2: so this was a whole season but it was about a year or two, yeah it was about a, I mean, a year and a
1: half I mm-hmm. would say start to finish yeah yeah um, but at the same time, still doing other stuff. That some somewhere in there, we filmed the Little Rascals. That is, that was all a blur, right? <laughs> but yeah, and and continuing to do like episodic TV stuff, um, and then back to you know mundane North Valley hillcrest christian
2: how come you didn't go to or do homeschooling
1: well that is a great question that um we've spent many many hours in therapy with my parents <laughs> oh, uh, really talking <laughs> about <laughs> yeah um no and that that's not that the, they would say the same thing yeah we probably should have done that
2: yeah because doing um, full-time school and because homeschoolers right stuff. yeah well yeah and they turn out pretty good
1: <laughs> yes <laughs>
2: Did you like your Christian school?
4: I
1: didn't. I was absolutely miserable in school at all times. Oh no! Um, And it was a it was a it was a horrifying environment for me from the very beginning. I was never Mm. the things that I did in the notoriety that I had in the outside world was definitely a a terrible thing. There it was
2: like a disadvantage. It was a complete
1: disadvantage. I was yeah. I mean it it was like
2: teased a lot. Bullying yeah.
1: Bullying for me started. I I was bullied by. First graders when I was in kindergarten, like I, oh I can remember being held down and like having gravel rocks shoved down my throat in like Jeez. first grade. I'm, first
2: grade is so little. Yeah. Uh. The, so you have this weird disconnect of like I'm a star over here, yeah. and over here I am literally gravel.
1: Oh, That's yeah. how I feel.
2: That's oh man. That yeah.
1: Second grade, I was. Re- I remember I was on the swing set at recess, and I was rehearsing a song that I had an audition with that
2: that day. That day, yeah. And the, You were working. the bully
1: the bully mm. came up in front of me. So like stood in front of the swing set. So I stopped. So I wouldn't like knock him over. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like trying to be like, Oh God. And he was, and he was like, shut up, stop singing. Grab me by the back of the head and bashed my head against the side of the swing set. Oh, my like full on, like egg on the head. Oh like, my
2: God. Yeah.
1: So like physical, Physical assault and Christian school are very hand in hand for me, Jeez. my entire all the way through high school. That's like,
2: horrible. Oh, my. Through God. high school? Oh, yeah. Even oh, Because you went oh, yeah. yeah. to Christian high school? I as well. went to
1: the only Baptist high school in Southern California <laughs> at oh, the time. Oh, wow. God. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or in L.A. County, I should say. Um, there's probably some in Orange County, I would imagine. Mm. Um, but yeah, L.A. Baptist, which is now gone, thankfully. However, the mega church that. My little church turned into Hillcrest Christian. Oh mm-hmm. yes. is became Shepherd of the Hills in Porter Ranch, the big barn on top of the hill. And now they own the elementary school and they bought the high school that I went to from the Baptists. And now this whole conglomerate is called Heritage Christian School. (laughs) And there's a preschool, an elementary school, and high school. Wow. This feels like a real bad guy in an 80s movie. Oh. Like it's just slowly (laughs) buying
3: real estate and property. property. Absolutely is. Wow. Wow.
2: Buying up churches.
3: Christian high school. Because it sounds like... Like, you really first started developing, like, an affection or a connection to your idea of God or Christianity through the children's choir stuff.
4: Yes.
1: Did that yes. continue in middle school and high school? It did. And I continued to, you know, I continued to sing on all the praise teams and do all of the, you know, all of the youth shows and all of the Christmas shows and, and all of that. Um, and then even after college, um, I was still singing on the worship team multiple services multiple venues um i directed a big giant christmas show at the mega church one Amazing. year like had a 200 voice choir and an orchestra and you the whole budget the whole wow. bit oh yeah. Big yeah. <laughs> well this was n- now yeah now, now the big the big bad 80s villain had taken yeah. over in, <laughs> so a, in a big way so was they cash. had budget <laughs> <laughs> those were the salad days yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> Wow, so you were still doing it even in college too? Were you involved yes. in church in college beyond that, or was not it like, eh, really? Just it like was just
1: music, helping it, out with yeah. the like, theater stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty much just for the music and and all of that. I mean, I was still very, you know, in college, I was still very conflicted um, with my own journey. Um, but I'm sorry, I'm I'm just jumping. No, all over you're the good. Place. I'm sorry. Jump I feel away. like I'm distracting you too. Skipping so just ahead. Carry, yeah. carry um, on with whatever you have what, to say. So going back to the chronology, so after yes. uh, after kind of all of the kid actor stuff started to kind of dry up because, you know, it happens. You turn 13 and suddenly you are old and unimportant they're seeing
2: that they see the wrinkles you oh know? it is <laughs> Start to it set is brutal in.
1: feet on a nine year old <laughs> well and it was funny because back then at that period which i'm sure you guys both remember suddenly high schoolers were all played by 30 year olds yes. on television yes and so when you were an actual teenager there was no you work for you because unless you could shows. unless you could pass for a kid still there was no work yeah. in that in-between period so i found voiceover and that wow. was really cool because yeah. I did a ton of animation, and, did you like that? Of, and I loved it. And it was mm. so easy, and it all recorded after school, so blessing and curse i could stay sure, in regular sure, school sure, sure. which i wasn't happy about but <laughs> yeah um so i did a, a, a bunch of that i actually i saw that you guys did an adventures in odyssey yes um, episode sir. i was on it <gasps> as who i i okay so i never listened to it Tisk okay. tisk. but oh i did gosh. many episodes of it I, my character was named nathaniel i don't know if it was important you know or nathaniel if is? it mattered oh i know nathaniel <laughs> sir i know nathaniel oh so that was me Home. Um, I'm gonna look. It up just made me were. laugh because it came up in Emerson's too, and yes. I was like, "Oh, it oh!" You laugh so like, hard because I was like, "Oh uh, yes."
2: Adventures in honesty. AIO. Oh, yeah, my if you gosh. want our focus on the family account, we can hook you up. You can listen to it. <laughs> um, no, yeah, we don't need to. Were
3: you them. Nathaniel Graham Dobson? By by is Dobson is a bad word Dobson's in my household. Well, Dobson. I'll tell you who you are, like Nathaniel is a very bright boy who only appeared in a few episodes. <laughs> there you oh, go. Oh, you no. were in 15 episodes, it oh, says. That's, that's quite, quite a few. That's quite a lot. Uh, uh, In one of them, he find you found out that your dad had earned a lot of money and as a result uh, has become very wealthy. Uh, in one, as a part of an experiment Witt is conducting, uh, Witt gives Nathaniel, along with Ashley and Jared, a bounce of 25 bucks to use constructively in the next two weeks. Well, I if wonder they try if to, does it right. I don't know. <laughs> I probably bought cigarettes. And it <laughs> yeah. was probably a big and story. About yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, and that's the thing we talked about in Adventures in Aussie, is that it was a Christian drama production,
1: but they hired legit actors. Oh, yeah. To do
3: the show, like totally. they didn't just. And
1: we recorded it in a studio on, on, in Burbank yeah. that I had recorded other like Disney stuff. In. Oh yeah. Like, so it was. It was completely legit. Were
2: you Were you ever angling for specifically Christian entertainment or that kind of media? Like, oh, we need to get you in.
1: No, it Christian just, no, like it just, the, a few things happened from time to time, you know, I would get hired to sing for something, you know, I did do dozens of Sundays on the Hour of Power at Crystal Cathedral, like, I was oh, their go-to boy soloist for the longest time. Ooh. What's the um, was Crystal it a TV Cathedral? TV show
2: that they did? Uh, did they, like, broadcast? It, they
1: broadcast every Sunday. Oh, wow. Yeah.
3: You're like the Forrest Gump of contemporary
1: <laughs>
0: Christian <laughs>
3: pop culture, like, I was on Adventures Honesty for 15 episodes Crystal and Crystal Cathedral. Lewis sang in my baptism. I did Crystal Cathedral. Yeah,
1: there's a gospel lot of touchstones here. It's so strange. I've, and it's so funny because I've never gotten the chance to talk about it in this Break context. This sure. So now I'm literally threading it together in front of you for the first time and I'm like, right. wow, this really is a lot.
3: I can't wait until you like are there for the formation of Switchfoot in the early 2000s or whenever. Oh my gosh. That oh, would be awesome. Can you imagine? Yeah.
2: LaCrae went and saw your gospel choir and was like, I think I need to rap. I've got to I got to write some raps,
1: yo. <laughs> yo. Oh, oh you're funny. Too funny. So, an important change that happened uh, that as it relates to what we're going to talk about today is I started doing theater after you know the tv stuff was kind of not happening cuz i got much more serious about my voice as a singer mm. um after that period and and so um, musical theater musical theater uh, i was cast in a small tour of the will rogers follies as the littlest will rogers kid and that kind of that was my first professional musical theater gig mm-hmm. and I was and it really opened my eyes. And I was like, Oh, this is really fun. Mm-hmm. I really love this. And I had a couple of friends that we worked with the same music director in LA and they had just gotten off the Miss Saigon tour. That was, I guess at that time it would have been the first national. Um, and they had seen the pre, pre Broadway workshop of ragtime in Toronto when they had done Saigon up there. And they said to my mom, there's a part in this new musical for, that Blake would be perfect for and you have to if they have auditions for it you have to go like you have to get him in for it yeah. and so we did and my mom pushed and actually got me in the door like went while I was at school, like went to Debbie Reynolds Studios and with my headshot and resume in her Uh. hand, she was like, you know, my kid's a TV kid. He hasn't, he's only got one professional theater credit, but I think you should see him. And so like two weeks later, I'm sitting in a waiting room with every child that ever played Chip in the history of Beauty and (laughs) the Beast. And me... (laughs) All the <laughs> chips, all the chips. What's the little kid in La Miserable? And Gavroche. Yeah. yeah. Gavroche, all the chips and, and all chips. the Gavroches. <laughs> and then me being like, Well, I'm on TV. Yeah. <laughs> I can <laughs> sing a little a good bit. Choir for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so I got cast in that and I did the US premiere of of Ragtime. and amazing. I'm
2: like happy that your mom pushed through for oh, you, and so you. It like was good so
1: one. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And literally it was a year and a half, almost two years of my life from starting rehearsals through opening and, and running the show. Wow. And that sort of opened my eyes. That was the first time I had ever dealt with, oh, I see other men that act like me. What does that mean? Dot, dot, dot. Question mark. And it was question never question a question mark. until that time. It really wasn't. I was a very tactile, tangible kid with with uh, crafts and, and building things, and I would build miniatures, and I was a Star Wars freak, mm-hmm. and I was like, so I, I had these weird sort of, it almost seemed like more nerdy interests than like non-typically masculine interests. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like, so I never got that kind of like oh he likes to play with barbies he's different sure, you know i knew yeah. that i was different because of other things like i would sing and i dance and i act and i do yes but all of my like natural you know kid like things toy when play, i had toy play yeah, play yeah that kind of like stuff where odd, where that's not, yeah, yeah not. where you sort of i feel like a lot of queer people discover that before anything sexually obviously because mm-hmm. it's like what do you identify with and and for me it was like you know, Luke Skywalker is pretty non sexually specific. I mean, except for the weird sister thing. Yeah.
2: He can, he's, yeah, he seems pretty neutral. Pretty neutral. Star, pretty Star
3: pretty universe. asexual. <laughs> I would call him, sexually speaking, beige. <laughs> he's
1: totally beige.
2: <laughs> kind of that sand planet color. Yep. Yeah, Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: yeah. Full on. Right. Tatooine beige. Tatooine. So, yeah, it was the first time where I, I was suddenly surrounded by so many incredible gay men that were so at the top of their game mm. and so brilliant and so talented and so such great mentors. And, um, I didn't know how to process it even at the time. Cause I was, t- I turned 13 as we were closing. Um, and so it was, I suddenly was faced with, Oh, there is this different thing about me that's beyond, just special Just child showbiz syndrome, stuff. showbiz yeah. thing, yeah, and so that's kind of when that that's kind of when my brain kind of went, oh, this is something's happening, you know, and I was on yeah. the really on the precipice of puberty at that mm-hmm. point. we so we closed the show. I had done over three hundred and eighty performances Goodness. of ragtime, and we had our closing night party, and the next morning it was a Saturday night, and it was the Saturday night before Easter Sunday, and I was to sing. At the megachurch, oh my
2: goodness, that
1: Easter morning, singing "Wait for It," Sandy mm-hmm. Patty's "No Other Name," mm-hmm. yes, with the key changes, because <laughs> oh, yes. we our voice had not changed at that point. Sure, so boy soprano was still in full oh, yeah. effect. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, full effect. What a dream. Amen. And so, th- so that was that was a perfect example of like the double life thing because I was like closing this show that had been a year of my life, my family, the people that I spent every day, day in and day out with, eight shows a week, yeah. who I loved and adored, and I was having to say goodbye to them. And then the next morning, I was up at six a.m. for a seven a.m. sound check to go stand on the field of Cal State Northridge football stadium, yeah. singing "Sandy Patty" for ten thousand, you know, churchgoers. That's
2: so bizarre <laughs> <laughs> for
1: that's, the mega I'm church. Sure,
2: that's just it's crazy like even the privilege of like well he doesn't need to come to rehearsal he'll just come in the morning we'll rent it quickly he'll do it he's a professional we Seriously, know he'll like nail it's it crazy. you know I don't,
1: I, yeah and I don't even think about those specifics yeah like in those any terms. other kid would have
2: had to do that like two or three times and like right it was like to band practice there was or a sound
1: check and then yeah there were two services like that's <laughs> that was just that was it. just the level of like <laughs> we know
2: we can count on Blake like he'll come through
1: so crazy <laughs> that was crazy
2: totally yeah. crazy yeah. Yeah. yeah you
3: think Barbra Streisand shows up to sound check come on <laughs> no. she does not
2: Mm-hmm. she doesn't um anyway this isn't about Babs um no this is about Blake's
1: <laughs> good one <laughs> nailed it thank you a, a week
3: high five <laughs> exchange high between five. the co-host of good Christian
1: fun <laughs> <laughs> so after that I I went back that was going into the the Baptist Junior high high school and that's sort of where my whole world fell apart yeah. um, and I out of defense, Um, Because at that point, it was everyone was going through puberty, and and at that point, any little thing about me, uh, you know, any of my mannerisms or physicality or anything was like so quickly clocked. And it didn't, I hadn't even figured anything out yet, but it was just like the the fag bomb was thrown at me hundreds of times a day, and I hadn't even figured that out. Like, I don't even know if that's true, and I didn't (laughs) know, I didn't know because I, I, because I did, I. I'm one of those like 70/30 gays, like I which I've found <laughs> <Go on. laughs> Well, I you know, I don't use the bisexual label. I just not. That's just not for me. Yet. Yeah. Um I I totally support people that do and I think that's awesome mm-hmm. and wonderful and we should have more bi visibility, but I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that cuz for me it's just not so f- clearly 50/50. Yeah. Um, so, but again, that was really hard in high school because when you find girls beautiful and attractive and, and you also find guys beautiful and attractive, but a little bit more so, like what? Where, how do what you compartmentalize that? Mem- yeah, and when you're that. just
2: being told like straight, straight, straight is a little bit B, you're like, well, I guess then I could be, you know? Right, was like, yeah, exactly. It's like, 30%. I could, yeah. I could,
1: you know, <laughs> and I had girlfriends in high school. And, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was tricky. I almost envied a few of my friends that were just so clearly only attracted to guys (laughs) i was like okay well there's no question there you are you are this you are made like this
3: and (laughs) i guess too in the mid to late 90s when you were going to school Mm -hmm. there was such a lack of cultural vocabulary to even put together oh yeah
1: like none whatsoever like i
3: know people probably use the word bisexual but it wasn't Nearly as common, and you couldn't like gender fluidity or describing things on the spectrum, or even like Kinsey stuff. I feel like, oh, yeah, it was, was just there was so much less cultural
1: knowledge of that well band. and especially not at a high school that was run by the Southern Baptist Convention <laughs> in <laughs> Los precisely. Angeles yes. I mean every time I tell people it's about so this school strange. it's yeah. the weirdest it's surprising
2: thing. to me I guess it shouldn't be uh, I, it is yeah
1: um, <laughs> the the actor Army Hammer uh, yeah. w- graduated from LAB our, our oh, school yeah, we, we went to the same too. high school wow. and we were at an event for uh, a few months ago for the Family Equality Council and he presented Nate Burkus and his husband an award and I sang this marriage equality anthem that I had written a couple years before and we didn't get to see each other at the event but literally uh, two hours after I get a a direct message on my Instagram from him being like oh my gosh so (laughs) we went to that horrible place together and glad everything turned out (laughs) Oh He's a gosh. survivor too. He, he is a crazy. survivor too. Wow. And he sent me the sweetest message. That's that, so nice. Yeah, that was really, <laughs> really lovely. And then I used it, you know, for for weeks on end with my gay friends being like, I bet Army Hammer didn't slide into your DMs. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's a hey. power move. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: he wants to hang out.
1: He's a delight. <laughs> he and, called and me it, by
3: my name, not right? yours. i mean.
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> give it up.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right. Another good one. That was not a week. That was not a week. But yet they feel worse and
1: worse with each success. One. <laughs> they feel
2: less successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, um, but yeah. So, so
1: it. yeah. So there was. It was just a strange. It was a strange place, and nobody yeah. can really believe it. That it existed so And now strange. it doesn't Thankfully mm. yeah. The lab The lab <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, What was it called still The lab gives me nightmare LA
1: Baptist Okay I'm dumb. Continue <laughs> oh, It's all right it's all good. Got it. Give
4: it up No okay
3: Oh no, <laughs> We didn't even make contact oh, On
4: that one, one. Ooh,
3: this
1: bad <laughs> This bad <laughs> So it was a premonition That it was gonna get worse Right yeah. you, you knew <laughs> Yeah I felt it I still went for it Cause that's human nature
2: <laughs> um, So what was happening After this So, so yeah So I
1: I survived that But that's kind of what made me i think that's where i started really testing my faith Mm -hmm. because i was like it was everything there in that whole system was so hypocritical and we were also a big commuter school so we had a lot of rich kids that would come in from the palisades just because their parents wanted them at a private school and didn't want to you know do the whole viewpoint or you know any of the calabasas ritzy private schools Mm -hmm. Um and so there was just there were so much drugs. There was so much like literally our school was the school where they the kids from the public school around the corner would like buy from. Oh like we were the supplier. <laughs> <laughs> so there was so much drugs, so much just craziness, all of the things that we were, you know, that were being hammered into our brains that you know we were that was gonna kill us and we were all gonna go to hell. Mm-hmm. Um and it was all happening. And it so just the hypocrisy of that was just so Obvious to Weird. me, and I was like, "Oh, but I'm wrong because, you know, yeah. I might be gay. Yeah, but, so I'm the problem.
3: <laughs> yeah, did it ever become binary for you? Like, I can either be Christian or I can be gay. I yes. can't do both. Okay, very
1: much so. Um, and I struggled with it for years and years, all the way up through college. And I went, I went to UCLA. I went to the theater school, <laughs> UCLA. You would think, yeah, everyone mm-hmm. Um, you would think that I would have just been like fine at." 19 like mm-hmm. oh i'm doing this now and yeah. i and i've been working my whole life you know you, you, pe- that was the other thing is people couldn't understand because i didn't talk about the the spiritual and religious aspect of my upbringing all people saw was oh that kid from dot 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 like I'm joking about actually making a show a cabaret show called aren't you that kid from (laughs) because people only saw that side like so they just assumed oh well duh you're out you're gay you're you've been singing and dancing and prancing around on television since we were all kids like duh and they had no idea that I was living in this tortured (laughs) world of faith and religion and conflict.
2: Would you think that would be an empowering assumption but for you and in the, in the com- conflicted mindset you were in that was just like yeah. adding more weight to your world. <laughs> oh, like, totally. Like, well, it absolutely I can't was. be like that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm. And so honestly, I continued to <laughs> dip my foot back into the church uh, all throughout college and um, stayed on Praise Team and stayed on, you mm-hmm. know, all of it. And it literally wasn't until uh, the Prop 8 thing happened mm-hmm. in California and I just remember our pastor just got so it just, there, there was such a harsh turn when that all happened and it, The the sermons became so political and it became so... I mean, actually technically illegal because he was basically telling people how to vote and keeping a tax exemption, um, (laughs) which was shocking to me. And there was one week where I was literally sitting with my best friend uh, who I grew up with, who we were on the praise team together, and we were like, we have to get up and leave. Like, we just have to walk out. Mm. And we still had the invitation to sing, God forbid, we left. And I was like, I will... Finish my commitment because I still had like three more months that I was like committed to the praise team or whatever. Oh, man, and I was like, "We'll sing," but I'm not sitting there and listening to this man. Yeah, sp- literally spew hate. Yeah, it was because we talk about that a lot in pop culture of like the the hate from the pulpit, you know, as like a as a thing. But this was firsthand. I can tell you, yes. I have I have been I have been witness yeah. to the spewing of hate from the pulpit, yeah, and when probably. it's so
3: tactical like that, like yes. it's not just. uh because most of the time, and I think most of the time I've experienced it and probably you've experienced it, Caroline, is when it's like in roundabout ways. It's like, well, wouldn't you sacrifice your sexuality for God, it's not like, okay, we got to friggin' shut this proposition yep. Yeah, down. like, like yep.
2: mobilize the troops. Let's get to the stations. Yeah. This has got to yeah. stop. Yeah. yeah. Prop 8 was a, yeah, there was a heavy time. I was at a Christian school as Prop 8 was going Oof. on. And
1: here in Southern California.
2: Yes. In, in like Marietta Temecula oh, area. Wow. I have a lot yeah. of family
1: that lives there now.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. And it was like, it was kind of just by default of like, yeah, we're yes on profit, you know, like you mm-hmm. just wait. Yeah, that's the right
1: Everyone the always wrong forgets. wrong I, <laughs> I remember I it was yeah. no Well, then that was part of... Yeah, that was part of the, yeah, yes, okay. part of the problem. Yes. Is that it was confusing. I still <laughs> feel like a lot of people... <laughs> yeah, but I remember there know being, what they yeah. meant to support. Yes.
2: And there were, like, protests on the street corner before you walked into school. Mm-hmm. People being like, say no on eight. And I just been like, oh, the lost, you know. The <laughs> just, lost. Uh, Pray well, for them. And, the I, and we've
3: said on the show before, but, like, Prop 8, even 10 years in retrospect as a bellwether for... Human dignity in this country, it's like, it already is such a stain. It's already such a,
2: it's already such an embarrassment. Homophobia, too, became so blatant, as opposed to, like, this kind of like underbelly of the church of being like, well, we're not going to talk oh, about it all the time or yeah, whatever. And then right. suddenly it was just like, boom, it was it's the, so the in your issue. face. It's the issue. It's the only issue. And, and it seemed yeah.
1: to be at the, to- at the time the only issue that the church that I was at cared about
2: yeah. at all. Probably like, like abortion and yeah, that was gay it. marriage. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that was it. And again, let's
3: not have like two rose-colored glasses looking back on a lot of stuff. Obama was against gay marriage Hillary was against gay marriage up until like when it became absolutely untenable for them to be like, we always think of that as like, oh, yeah, conservatives and Republicans hate gay people. But yeah. it's like, oh, man, no. your totally boys that, on, the, on the left <laughs> oh. were not, they were like, well, civil union, but blah, blah, blah. blah, yeah. blah. Oh, but they, yeah. They had a laundry list of excuses. Yeah. Until know. the very end, because they're still trying to court the
1: court the other side. Right. Gosh. Or they might have believed it themselves. Like, who knows? But, I mean, at that point, who knows? But yeah, but it was just so strange. It was such a strange crossroads so to be You would go at. to
2: church and do the music for this church yeah. and then walk out during the sermon yeah. because it was yeah. just like, this,
1: and this then well, obviously the that was just for a few months. And yeah. Obviously, once the com- my commitment was over, I just, you know, still still trying to like yeah, have my own moral code. Too. Well, because like, well, that, well, and that it. was part of it, too, is I was trying to figure out if like, OK, well, obviously this is not my ethics or morals, what they're spewing, because that's not at all mm-hmm. biblical in the way that I interpret the Bible or what right. I think Christ's message was. So. I was trying to figure out, okay, well then what do I, yeah.
2: Like what is how my do I, brand yeah, what, of Christianity? Yeah. Or so, whatever.
1: Yeah. so for me, it's like, well be your word. Okay. Well I made a commitment, so I'm going to honor the commitment. <laughs> I actually
2: really respect that.
1: <laughs> Even though I That's hated cool. everything that was being yeah, said and but, like, done.
2: I am ethical. So I was I'm like, like but then I'll out. stop because yeah. then I
1: don't, I'm not going to make a new commitment with yeah. these people. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. So then when that
3: split happened with prop aid stuff, that affected your church going life. How did it affect your personal
1: life or like faith in, in God? It was difficult for quite some time. Yeah, I had a really hard time because I, I needed to just break away from all of it and just not, I just needed, I needed to reset. Hmm. So I needed to go back to zero faith. Yeah, um, Which didn't actually last very long because I'm actually a very spiritual person. <laughs> <laughs> so it really didn't last very long. Um, but it sort of came in the form of like, I like to um, describe it as, Alice Walker faith which is like the author of the color purple Purple. yeah Yeah. so it's like it's like you know God is as much inside us and as much inside the plant and you know it's that Mm -hmm. very like Mm -hmm. you know globalistic (laughs) you know earth globalistic is the wrong word what is it
2: I know what you're. Talking yeah, you know about. what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, but about I don't like, know what the w- pr- like, the
1: word is. Yeah, yeah, like n- nature, earth, b- spiritual balance, pantheism. There you yeah, go. Yes, pantheism. It, yeah. There we the go. The, yeah. Oh, thanks, she, guys. We're it's not gonna like, do it. That. No,
2: I don't, I don't <laughs> think a oh, high, high five is a good going idea. Back. Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> it wasn't like magnets. No.
2: I'm so sorry <laughs> to be an audience to that every time. No, I'm kind of loving
3: it. I'm so entertained. So that became more of
1: your POV. That kind of became the POV for for a time where I was just like, okay, well, that makes sense because at least I can you know connect to the good in everyone and that's and sort of focus on that as the as the pinpoint just because I was so burned out on you know the fear-based spirituality that was just so exhausting for me because it just seemed like and especially at that time it seemed like Christians evangelical Christians that I all of the ones that I was around at the time were just seemed so scared of something that wasn't really attacking them or threatening them. They they were so freaked out at all times. And I'm like, wait, isn't the point of faith to have a a stillness and to have an actual confidence in what you believe? Like, isn't that kind of the point? Yeah, (laughs) or
2: to be so, yeah, like you shouldn't feel threatened by anything because you're sure in some way, right? right? Like. Bring in this viewpoint. Bring in this outsider. Bring in this like quote unquote attack. Yeah. like will oh, be okay. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> and it, it almost seemed like everyone was just like so excited—not excited, but like because it was so everything was fear-based. They were just so quick to like claim persecution in every like it was like right. the greatest thing. Like, oh, here we are. It's happening. We're being persecuted. <laughs> yeah. It's just like they it. said. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like no, I'm sorry. The prophecies Having were thrown true. into prisons. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: right. Yeah, no, no one is burning you. You're okay.
1: You're fine. <laughs> yeah, that's upsetting.
2: Mm. So uh, maybe where are we now? We could skip to that yeah. Now well, the or pendulum we pendulum kind of if there's any more swung
1: back. I started. Yeah. Um, I I kind of reconnected to music um, and started writing um, during that period. Mm. And I realized that I had quite a bit to say, and I and I wanted to put it into music form, and so that's kind of my album came out of that. It was it was just sort of like all the experiences and all of the just kind of hurt and and reconciling, and at the time I was you know having a sort of tumultuous relationship with my parents, which had never happened before. We were always very solid, mm-hmm. and so that's when they were even solid with you
3: coming out to them.
1: And um, it was difficult. Yeah, it was definitely more difficult than anybody would have assumed based on just my life story. Mm-hmm. But we took, we really did take the time and really did, you know, hash it all out, went all the way back to the beginning and all the way back to their conversion and, and what that did to, to set a a course for my life and all of those things. And we really talked about all of it, got into really crazy things, silly things that you guys will find hilarious. Like my dad trying to teach me to tithe on my, checks from from show business (laughs) and what he would do. This is so messed up. He would, he would tithe on, I would tithe on my money, right? And then he would put it back in my bank account at the end of the year because he just wanted me to like, learn the, the principle. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like... You never actually donated to And the I remember, church, no. And, but he did. And, like he was, like oh, it all okay, came yeah. out of his... <laughs> the point is, the point that he was making is he was tithing on my behalf. Like Aww. from that, which is actually lovely and that sweet. I just imagine like a young Blake going to school and
3: it's like, okay, let's go in a circle. It's everyone's favorite game. Life, Monopoly. <laughs> charity
4: <laughs> what
1: <laughs> charity's a game to you <laughs> yeah. yeah why not um, but anyway yeah it's actually really sweet when you that like think about the thought behind it but it just really like <laughs> kind of messed me up in a way with money um <laughs> and and money in the church yeah um, yeah but we've worked all of that out we're, we're way past that Are but it they was still just a funny little anecdote like
2: evangelical Christians as far as you they're know they're
1: still very spiritual faith based people mm-hmm. um, I think that our journey has changed uh, them in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um, and, and a lot of and challenged a lot of the things that they just accepted it, I don't know exactly what because we don't really talk about all the specifics of our faith anymore Yeah. Um. just because that works best for our family yeah, dynamic yeah. Yeah. and it's not like it wouldn't it wouldn't be a fight it wouldn't be an, even an argument it, it's just we just kind of don't we choose to focus on other things and yeah. like just focus on each other and not really get into those theological debates like we did for a long time mm. because um, it's
3: not worth it if it doesn't Unless
1: it affects how you guys treat each other. Exactly. It's probably not worth getting into, exactly. right? And it doesn't. And we'll, yeah. once we kind of fixed everything and reset everything, it doesn't affect how we treat each other. Yeah. And so that's all that really matters. But for me, it kind of came all the way back full circle. So after, you know, really being in back in music for for quite a bit and kind of making that the primary focus for a while. I realized that what I was missing, the only thing really that I was missing from the organized aspect of the church was the music and and specifically the music that I liked, the the gospel music, mm-hmm. not not the just not, not just Carmen? any old no. Okay. <laughs> no. Never Carmen. Never Carmen. <laughs> Come on Blake, what's wrong <laughs> with me? Oh.
3: Don't you want to be a champion <laughs> oh, like me? Oh, <laughs> no. Literally.
1: Gotta go, Bye, <laughs> Creepy, creepy. Gotta go support Prop 8 for a <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, he loved Prop Loved 8. that, I bet. I bet he did. But my friend and I started a, we started doing gospel brunches at uh, Rockwell in oh, yeah. Los Feliz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we literally doing all of the music that we like loved and I missed and basically having church. But with mimosas and Bloody Marys. What
2: a blast. And, no, ser- like and no
1: sermon. and no church, Caroline. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah
3: this is exactly yeah. your idea,
1: of church.
2: No sermon, mimosas. Yeah. All that's missing is TV. I <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> that TV church. Just binging. 30-minute episodes. <laughs> sure. Once a week. Maybe once a month, honestly. <laughs> you know?
1: well, however much you need. Yeah. It's all good. And this breakfast. is awesome. And, like and breakfast, yeah. Can King we Benedict. come? Yeah. Yeah. I know. We need to start doing it again. It's been a while we since oh, we've done it. It's been almost over a year now since we've done one. But it was so much fun. Yeah. and it was yeah and so that was kind of a great thing because my parents would come to it my oh, you know last. my gay friends would come to it and you it was, do original stuff or no, like old we standards would do, oh no we would do everything oh. anything and everything I mean admittedly a lot of Kirk Franklin yeah a lot a yes. lot you all want a, a revolution oh, Yeah, yes, woop, woop. yes <laughs> a lot of that a lot of um a lot of Yolanda Adams, a lot of <laughs> yeah. So it was, you know, just all the stuff that we love. My friend and I, just you know, all the music that we loved and connected to. A lot of a lot of arrangements of His Eyes on the Sparrow in various. Oh yeah, forms. how about Lauryn Hill's? And uh, yeah, definitely. Sister we Arctic, definitely yeah, yeah. did that one yeah. once. The two of us.
3: There's yeah. so much good black christian music we have not done on this show
2: i we lack a, an awareness of it right. you know, right, on right, many right, levels right. just like because it wasn't huh. a part of our history and yeah. we're working to rectify that yeah right. there's, hey. some,
1: there's some there's yeah, some here it too fortunate. it's coming yeah, i know there's some great stuff even there's like so going much. back to like listen to the winens like oh BB and cc oh sure early 90s mm-hmm. period is just yeah. oh it's gold <laughs> it's gold <laughs> well but it's, yeah so that's that was kind of the that was kind of the to, to wrap the story the up in a pretty little bow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
2: know it's an ongoing process it is, for and it is, all of us. Of yeah. course.
1: And it still is for me too. Yeah. But like that was a really great way for me to be like, oh, I can still celebrate the aspects of my faith that I that are very much real to me mm-hmm. um, without having to hide any other aspect of me. Totally. So it's like, because here's, you know, here's my my parents that are like actually, you know, praying and, and <sighs> lifting of hands and singing with us. And then, oh my gosh. you know, here's, sharing a
2: table with my gay friend. And Woo! here's my boyfriend, yeah. you know, that's yeah. just
1: enjoying the music. So that's it's fabulous. and that was all like happening at the same time. So that was really cool. That was like a nice. See, that's true. If this were a lifetime right? movie, that would be the last scene.
2: Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, like oh look,
1: damn good. He lifetime could have it movie. all. <laughs> Literally, yeah.
2: everyone at the same table. That's yeah. so sweet. Uh-huh. Yeah,
3: I love that. And again, it's something. It's a drum we beat a lot on this show. But just the idea that for things in life, for people's identity, and for systems of belief. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing proposition. You can take the gospel music that you love and your way of connecting to something divine from that time. And so celebrate it in a positive way with these people who maybe took different things, like your parents or friends that took different things and other people in your life that don't take any of it. And it can all coexist and be good together. Yeah. Amen. Well, let's take a break and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. Accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's I think Danny. it's time to dive in. Are you calling
2: me Miss Tammy? No, I'm just sound
3: Miss Tammy. Miss <laughs> Tammy. Miss Tammy. Mama Queer Tammy.
2: Mama Tammy.
3: Were we, were we fans of the original Queer Eye on Bravo in the mid-aughts?
2: Never yes. watched it. You Very watched it? So.
3: Never missed an episode. I remember Carson. I don't remember anyone else from that show.
2: Wait, can you illuminate what the... I heard the vibe was like a little bit meaner in the original show. Yeah, well, because no? the
1: original show kind of was born out of the kind of what-not-to-wear concept initially. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It, I wouldn't say that it was mean, because there okay. were still very sweet moments, but it was not the sob fest that the reboot <laughs> yes. is.
2: They they market on the fact oh that my people gosh. cry. Like, there was these like, oh, get your Kleenex ready. Like, here comes Jonathan on all their twi- tweets and everything.
1: Ew. We- <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Emerson and I went to the premiere of the, of the reboot mm, for, uh-huh. for their first season, and, you know, it was a very glamorous as it should as as it should have been red carpet you know thing at the Pacific Design yeah, Center yeah. in West Hollywood Ooh, and it was very fun. ritzy and fun and yeah. everybody was all decked out mm-hmm. and, you know because it's like it's queer eye so you know don't don't wear a bad outfit on the red <laughs> carpet come khakis. Right. <laughs> yeah so everybody was like really nailing it and then we go into this screening room and they play from the first season the episode where the uh the guy came out to his stepmother. Oh, my gosh. And we that was the episode that they chose for the premiere. That
2: one made me weep. And, and so I just can't imagine. We're,
1: and we're all in a room with the original cast and the new cast and all of the creators of the show, and everyone is just sobbing their eyes out. And it's like, <laughs> we're supposed to go to this party, you know, this glamorous party across the street at Ketch and blah, blah, blah. And we're all just, it's just i makeup everywhere yeah. like it's just everyone is just
4: oh, i mean this feels fun. very
1: unprecedented
3: in the sense of i can't i know obviously they've re- they've rebooted or revived old reality shows and game shows before but to do it with something that was like completely just not on the tip of anyone's tongue anymore. Mm -hmm. And to do it in a way that was so conceptually successful in a reimagining like it's the opposite of it's Batman but grittier. It's like
2: this version is
3: like it's Queer Eye but it's like part of the you know kind core of these like reality shows now like right. great british bake-off yes. or like the amy Nick offerman crafting show or yes. nailed it where it's yes. like the point of this is like people being nice to each other mm-hmm. basically and just right. being like very kind i can't think of another or just a reboot at all of a reality show that was so successful in what it set out to do yeah
2: like let's make it infinitely more positive but in a way that everyone can enjoy and doesn't feel schmaltzy or anything. Exactly, that's the thing.
1: It doesn't feel cheesy. Yeah. And that's amazing. because And that was what was great about the original show is it never felt cheesy, but it was a little bit more... Quick edits and you know, fun and fluffier, yes. I think, and, and right. times. a little I mean, bit
2: more focused on the makeover aspect, yes. of me than like the personal revitalization. And, exactly. and
1: there's a
3: little bit of that DNA of like the quick cutaways and the kind of like the glam of it all with right. like the black and white stuff that always makes me feel like I'm in a, someone's fever dream <laughs> where it's just like them dancing on a white <laughs> oh, background, yeah, like, where oh, am I? yes, <laughs> <happened>? yes,
1: <laughs> just the Janet Jackson yes. video <laughs> that happens in yeah, every episode, just yeah, flipping
2: hair right Absolutely. after someone's like.
1: Committing a, a crime or something. What I want to see though is the behind-the-scenes in color of that footage before it's been doctored, <laughs> yes! where where you hear the producer telling them what to mm-hmm. do. Like I want that.
2: And they're just jostling each other a little bit, like <laughs> it's like, like yeah. kind have you ever seen Have
1: you ever seen the Disney Channel? You know, when they have the wand. Have you ever seen the behind the scenes of that? Oh, she like, was not oh happy to do it goodness. so many
3: times. Oh, my Lord. So oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. want that
1: for Queer Eye. I want that, too. Additional
3: Maybe we'll get that. Additional web content, bonus <laughs> <switch>. <laughs> But uh, the episode we're talking about today is God Bless Gay, season two, episode one. Very first episode I ever saw. And uh, I got to imagine, and I didn't know all the specifics of your story, Blake, but this must have hit home in a significant amount of ways yeah. in terms of... Miles and his connection with church culture and how the choir brought out yeah. oh certain gosh. things in it. Oh and by the way, for people listening, if you haven't watched it, watch it. I would say watch this before I know we talk about a lot of stuff on this show and it's like watch it, don't watch it, who cares? I would say watch it. Yeah, before. watch it. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> and then watch the whole series. Uh but you must have connected so much with Miles, yeah. Miss Tammy's son, whose connection
1: with spirituality was so it's was literally gospel music. Yes. Yeah, yeah I had actually, b- full disclosure, I had um, avoided this episode on purpose and I hadn't watched it yet. Really? And I watched just it this morning. It be, oh, just knowing it'd become tough. And I was just on my sofa just like crying, <laughs> just like, okay, you can you can get through this. It's fine. Oh, oh man. good. It's all good. Like, because I knew this one was going to hit home. So yeah. I was like, I had pr- purposefully avoided it up until now. But I'm so glad that we're doing this because it's really, there's, there's a lot of gold to mine in totally. this particular episode. Totally.
3: I do love that generally... And and I like that, you know, this is part of the new MO of the show where it's not queer eye for the straight guy anymore. It's just queer eye. Right. So it can be for anybody. It can right, be for. And this four. is the
2: first woman they do. Yes. Yes.
3: And this is a woman who. Needs one room cleaned up and a new hairdo, and that's
1: pretty much that's about all. it. She, yeah, that she just needs it. like she just needs her bathroom. Yes, like, I think they basically, she
2: basically needed like funding to decorate the community center, and yes. that was it. And that's yes. what she chose to have them spend their time on rather than a home makeover or anything. I've seen plenty of funny tweets about like straight men need queer eye to like fix their rooms for whatever, and she's like, "Well, I'll make the macaroni. If you could just tidy up this community center, like for my people, right. that's enough. Can you just
1: paint the walls, hang yeah. some." Like,
3: Fixtures. Yeah. So big shots to, I mean, whoever's the producer, the casting, whoever that was like, we found. This woman in a town called Gay Georgia. Do you <laughs> want to use her? gay son. Yes. yes. With a
2: gay son that goes to tr- a Baptist church, I'm assuming. I'm Actually, it might not be Baptist now that I think
1: But about this it. is reality television gold. Like, <laughs> no. Right, like you could not have picked a better... Ooh, yeah. I feel
2: like they didn't even harp on it too much because it was just too obvious. It's too perfect. Like It was just yeah. right there, yeah.
1: What, what
3: I appreciate too is that this shows, again, conversations you don't see happening a lot, especially... In media, and especially in reality shows, of just regular people, not theologians, not experts, not pastors, or people that went to school for it, but just people talking about their concept of how they feel about God and how... It relates to their identity or their sexuality, like Jonathan talking in the van on the way there. Like the church is what I feel alienated by, not God. Absolutely I feel completely loved and accepted by God yeah. and Jesus. It's a lot of the politics of the church. That's like what made me feel not welcome because that was the choir of people saying, Well, I love you, I just don't accept your lifestyle yeah.
1: choices. Mm. I can relate to that. Not everyone in the church is that way, and not all churches are that way. I love the church and I have loved every experience that I've had in the church. I've always used my strength to you encourage can them the edits to more in a- yeah. Life. I think that's beautiful. not the all point church. Is, let's be open minded.
2: <laughs> There's such an interesting dynamic between all of them and mm-hmm. their different experiences that they're bringing to the table. And of course, Bobby has kind of this focus point because he has maybe the most obviously fraught can- yes. like relationship with the church mm-hmm. and wouldn't even step inside the sanctuary because he promised he would never go back. And he was, you know, he was a devout church boy and all this right. stuff. And it was. It was borderline uncomfortable at points to see him trying to have a conversation with Miss Tammy about it or trying to explain what it was like for him because, I don't know, at the at the end when, when she says, what did you learn? Instead of giving him his blessing, you know, of like, this is the talent that you bring to Earth. and right. you bring beauty, you bring this. She mm-hmm. asks him, what did, what did you learn? Almost kind of forcing this... Apology from him. Yeah,
3: there was a little bit of gloss there that yeah, I think. Maybe
2: I'm jumping past it, but to me, it felt like a little bit of an uncomfortable, like cheap grace that they were asking for. I just, understand that. You need yeah. to just, you know, come to terms with not all Christians are like this, like me. And, and she and even tell said,
3: me, Mo- most aren't like this.
2: Most aren't like yeah, this.
3: She even says and, that in yeah. the, and I'll miss you most of our right. scarecrows right, right at the right, end right. of the forgiveness,
2: <laughs> forgiveness is beautiful, and I think yeah. he probably is to a point where, like, of course, I don't believe that all Christians were as cruel as right. this, but it's not fair to also make him you know, like set aside his entire story. Well, right, because his
1: whole experience is what led him to. That. I mean, I can only imagine the amount of pain. Yes. If you Physically, I mean, because I'm just uh, you know, I get a little jaded in thinking about production when I'm watching reality shows after having done some of them. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm I'm thinking about like, okay, so you've got a camera crew and producers, and like the fact that he still has enough pain in his life that it was like okay to create the uncomfortable moment where like, no, I'm not gonna walk into the building. Yeah. I actually found that that. Was beautiful. It actually made me respect him even more than I already did because I was like, the the amount of pressure when you're like, we've got to film this, we've got to get this shot, we've got to get that shot. This is just the establishing shot of you guys walking to the church. We're not. We're we're just going to pay it off with the. You know. I'm thinking like a producer and like the fact that he was willing to stop there yeah. and be like no I'm sorry I'm this not gonna is my the actual truth
2: of someone just yeah. gleefully checking out the carpet
1: or whatever. Right. Just right. I was it. really impressed. I was yeah. like ooh, That was yeah. cool. The other
3: thing that I think was a little because I think there's two slightly glossed over things in mm-hmm. this episode. That being one of like kind of the resolution to that. Yes. Even though I agree that it was like a very sincere thing on his part. But the other is the Total absence of Tammy's husband and Miles' father for a majority of the that's episode right. and until he's the just end. At
2: the church, and he's right? at the end. Oh, and it, right. it
3: looks like he's having a positive reaction. Hopefully, to everything that's going on with Tammy, mm-hmm. just kind of starts preaching and in church. But that was something where I was wondering. If there's
1: something a little darker going
2: on. Yeah, like why wasn't he involved in this yeah. or happy to be part of Miles'
1: story and everything? Right. Yeah. Well, and that is something that is is such a common, unfortunately, mm-hmm. such a common thread in, you know, the gay male experience mm-hmm. is a, a, a dad some dad sort of negative out. schism with their father, mm-hmm. which and then that actually relates to the church, too. You know, it's yeah. like sort of, you know, when God is presented as this authoritarian male father figure You know, it makes it extra hard for gay boys specifically.
2: Or anyone with an abusive father or right. no father at all, exactly, it's, it's a very confusing and maybe overly harped-on metaphor that we yeah. use from the Bible. I mean, so on. There's many metaphors for God's relationship with us, but often it's just Father God, Father God, father, father Daddy, God. God. Daddy yeah. God.
1: Yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> you know? and just totally. in prayer, fl- flippant—what I like to call flippant prayers, where it's just like, and Father <laughs> God, <laughs> and Father God, <laughs> and Father God, and just and, 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 just, and, and,
2: father God, <laughs> and just Father God, and just Father um, God. I, I also <laughs> I also really enjoyed Gene. Which was the man who nominated Tammy? <laughs> yes. Gene is is Tammy's what friend is he doing who's like there? A,
3: just a, a like a, a good old boy looking literally a good like he would yes. he would not seem out of place at a blue collar comedy tour audience. <laughs> not at for all. For example, but he seemed to have a completely non toxic relationship with everybody, which
2: I found only like, white guy. This whole church, yeah, I yeah. found that
3: to be a very touching thing. Yeah. Just his existence and like. Well, obviously this lady deserves the best and uh the fabulous five over yeah. here. I oh love my gosh, the fabulous five that intro. Like, and I just love this the idea of this man who he's probably used a wrong pronoun in his day. He's probably even use a gay slur maybe in the past but he's trying and he's like he's totally. trying to accept these men yeah. and doing the best he or maybe can not
2: and like, i i found that watching this show i am surprised by all these men i thought would be stereotypically homophobic or racist or something yeah. and we're just like hey glad to have you come on in you want some snacks and like let's decorate or whatever you want to do like, they're, right. they're
3: nice and that's really something like and and you don't see it as much in in this episode but i think for me personally and coming from like a a conservative christian upbringing as well something that that's just so beautiful to see now and especially in like reality shows or fiction but in a non-fictional space where Mm -hmm. it's like just watching gay men and straight men bro out with each other in these ways or get excited together again like calming creative causes yeah like i would have loved to have seen more of that when i was a kid because yeah. that seemed like, well, I don't, how do I, or how would I talk to? Or neither threatened or compromised or whatever. And everyone's safe. Yeah, it yeah. just, yeah. Like the that firefighter seem, episode
2: felt oh, that way in yes. a wonderful way. Mm-hmm. You know, so great. When they're all dancing together and doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that did seem impossible when yeah. we mm-hmm. were kids. Like that seemed like that was not anything that could, could ever happen.
3: Yeah, it felt like an extreme version of boys and girls standing on the opposite sides at the school dance. Yep. But you like with male friendships where it's like, well I don't want to be gay
1: too so So I I don't want to talk to you yeah Yeah. Yeah. exactly Mm -hmm. so as if it was contagious yeah Yeah, uh, which I think is what the actual word like the usage of homophobia comes from
2: was worrying that it was contagious yeah like fear of it like
1: actual fear of it (sighs) you know oh oh fear of homophobia um, yes fear of homosexuality
2: yes I
1: experienced it this summer I was in Dallas doing a show Mm -hmm. and I was in walking from my hotel to the Starbucks in the that was literally in the same parking lot it was just like you know hundred yards maybe from my hotel to the Starbucks. And there was this guy coming from the other motel across the street and he starts screaming at me. And now I'm, I've already passed him. I am now at this point walking away from him as he is crossing the street because I'm trying to just get my morning coffee. And he's screaming, you better stay away from me, faggot. You better get You You better stay the hell away from me Like I seem secure so, I, yeah, wanted say, I wanted to say I wanted to say Sir I'm literally walking In the opposite <laughs> direction of you
2: <laughs> I was alri- I'm not doing that Because you wanted me to Stop Do it attacking me I
1: need me. a latte. Yeah like, like Not uh, looking at you I didn't Was not even <laughs> looking yeah, at joke him Joke like, aside had That scre- is horrendous No it's I'm terrible so But sorry. I'm not damaged by it at all yeah. I'm using it as an example Of like <laughs> like, like it does still exist You're me And suddenly I'll
2: have a full life And enjoy me. Right
1: like yeah yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, Ugh, you will. So you will. Sad. Like you, you, if you look at me, you will be doing Eliza Manelli impersonation in 50 <laughs> seconds the or less. world would be better for it.
2: <laughs> um, oh, I mean, there's so many positives with Miss Tammy. She's like this saint, at least the way she's framed. She does. She's a teacher. She visits sick children. She is an usher at her church. She said she hugs every single person that walks in. She's just a really wonderful role model in a lot of ways and a really positive person and I think Antony points at one point uh, that there there aren't many people who genuinely live for everyone else and, and work to help them and we could all learn something from Miss Tammy.
3: Yeah and what I pre- well I want to I want to play a clip because I feel like like sometimes you know just some episodes are this some episodes are that sometimes they're stretching to find like the emotional fulcrum of it Mm -hmm. and sometimes there's probably too much of it. like it's like whoa like we have more than enough here and i think that was the case here where the guys don't really do that much in this episode Mm -hmm. they just kind of hang out and listen to mama tammy talk to them so uh, i want to play this clip of uh part of her conversation with bobby
1: I've really enjoyed meeting you because I can really truly see the love there. You know, I grew up really religious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There wasn't a day I wasn't at a church. Mm-hmm. It was my life. Those people were my
4: mm-hmm. family.
3: Yes. Um, and I knew from a young age that I was gay.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And I'd be down there at that altar every Sunday just crying and begging God
4: mm-hmm. to not make me
0: gay. And once everyone there found out, mm-hmm. completely turned their back on me. Wow! You know, wow. I wouldn't step foot in your church today. Mm-hmm. The other guys went in; I wouldn't. Wow! Why? Because I told myself I'd never go back to a church.
3: I was so hurt, and mm-hmm. I know that's what Miles is going through.
0: hmm I tell people all the time, you know, this, you know, it's a catchphrase people just use and they let it roll off their tongue. What would Jesus do? Right. You know, and I take that, you know, very, very seriously. You can't antagonize and evangelize at the same time, you know. And that's why the greatest commandment of these is love. I mean, that's one of the things that's homecoming, and the community center represents, Miles, come home. That's what I'm going to tell you. You're God's son, it's okay. Before I start. okay. Oh, let's get out of here and see what the other boys are doing. I can't
2: tell if he's uncomfortable in that moment or if he's touched.
1: I think a little bit of both. A little bit of both? I think he might be uncomfortable by how much he's touched.
2: <laughs> yeah. Or just it. like,
1: I don't. Or just.
2: Or I hear, your, I feel your love. I don't want to be God's son or, right. anymore. Right. Well, something. and that's you know, the yeah. thing. There
1: mm-hmm. is, you know, there. And I love, I think. Miss Tammy really does live her faith and that's yes. like the what would Jesus do thing is really cool because like she literally does it like yeah. she, she reads to sick children I mean yeah. come on yeah. like it doesn't well, get- and she
2: had to overcome some of her whole cultural setup there too to move past I, th- I think Anthony phrases it well if she had to go against what her religion said and go with what she really thought God was and what love was yeah and that's that is living out your faith you know and absolutely it's kind of countercultural in some way absolutely oh no now nope. I'm saying let's be counter culture. This culture no.
1: is kidding
4: us.
2: Oh
1: shit. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm We've reverted back to, be,
2: to youth group rhetoric. No, you need to be counter Christian culture sometimes. I mean, I guess
3: so, but I think I, I think my takeaway from a lot of that is especially with the way in particular like the therapy stuff gets framed, it's so complicated it's so complicated and part of the reason that we're even doing this episode it came out of a conversation that we had talking to christian friends who go or they themselves do not affirm lgbtq Mm -hmm. plus people but we'll still say have you guys seen queer eye i love it right which doesn't feel cosmetically different from saying i love jazz music there's your water fountain Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) it doesn't
3: feel different no to me it feels like and when pressed upon this and this guy uh, uh, well a guy i haven't seen in a while but someone who i used to be friends with was sliding to my twitter mentions about a meme i posted talking about that stuff Mm -hmm. and and it was just like Gymnastics to get there of like, well, uh no one's relationships function in a blah 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 I
2: would be friends with them. What do you mean? No, of yes. course they could come to church. Yes, like that. of course, but it just gets so convoluted yeah. to
3: not appear to be a hateful man, a hateful woman to these people. Yes, except a uh, tolerance, etc. Uh, blah, blah. And it all just becomes like these teeny tiny cosmetic placations here and there with this dark undercurrent Mm -hmm. of what the truth is of your actual perspective of someone's value and dignity and worth that I think (laughs) weirdly shit like this, which is at its heart, a very feel good, very well made reality TV show brings out in people because some things are unimpeachable. And I know it's not like, should we value television more than like god's eternal word and that's not what i'm saying but i'm just saying sometimes things are a litmus test more than people believe and you are charmed and you can see the value and dignity in people like anthony and tan and Mm -hmm. jonathan in a way that you're not going to get from the pulpit you're not going to get from your confusing conversations with the guy who's talking to you about same sex attraction and
1: why the therapy works like stuff like this is helpful for that stuff oh definitely it's (sighs) the kind of representation and visibility that really still matters you know the show it's great that the show has been able to evolve with this reboot in into a different tone because that's cool because that's where we're at right now and that's awesome and these guys are awesome um but It's still it's it's a reminder that just the representation of the show still does matter Yeah, as crappy as that kind of is. But it does. Yes. We're still having these conversations and they're still necessary. Yes. And there is that dark undercurrent that you're talking about. Like people don't want to be confronted with what they actually believe. When Mm -hmm. it comes down to that, when it comes down to exclusivism and when it comes down to actually denying someone their rights, people don't want to be people don't want the mirror held up to them where they actually have to admit it. Oh, right. Because I believe this. I believe that this person is less of a human than I am, Mm -hmm. which is what you get to at the very pinnacle. And they would
2: Yeah. And understandably too they'd never admit that they would never say that's what this means no, or anything like that no. but when you're on the other side and you're the person that lives this life it's like oh, that's what you're telling me you're <laughs> telling me i can't be in love with anybody like right. how is that not denying me my basic humanity right. mate? So, and the
3: rest yeah. of it feels like packing peanuts packing peanuts in a very large box so we can all fill up there's a real there's a real uh, uh turd At the bottom of it, a stinky poo poo (laughs) turd of what you actually believe. Not a poo poo turd, and the rest is like, well, culturally, a wet one. We didn't identify as sexual creatures, and people didn't conflate sexuality with identity identity and uh, and all this stuff. That's just covering the turd. Just get to the turd because that's the truth. (laughs) Yeah, and some people think like turds anyway. And if there's people listening that do disagree, I would just. Lovingly challenge you on those things, sure, and really confront the reasons why, and ask if there are, if not media relationships, where it's like, I like Cam and his husband on Modern Family, or I like the Queer Eye guys. If there's actual legitimate personal relationships you have in your life, that if you did or did not have those, you'd feel a different way.
1: Well, that's the, and that's that's a big one right there, and you're hitting on a great point because there's a there's a whole generation. Of I call them will and grace gays, <laughs> that like well that's okay because they're you know it's it's a form of minstrelsy. I, I was you about know, to ask, yeah, and if even it though felt like yeah. they're brilliant, yeah, and I I adore that cast and I adore what they've uh, speaking of reboots, I've, I adore what they've done with it mm-hmm. to bring it into the into the forefront. But there is a sort of tokenism at that time. There's a tokenism, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that was that made a lot of straight people very comfortable. Very comfortable because mm. it was like, that's okay. Yeah. You know, in generations before, it was the Paul Lynn stereotype. You know, yes. like, well, that's okay. Yeah. Because that's funny and He's you're making right. me laugh. Yeah. And yeah. I love and I that guy do that does him. my hair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that sort of thing yeah. where it's like, you know, a desexualization of homosexual mm. culture.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can view these men, the Fab Five on the show, but. The, the way they function most of the time is as mentors and pastors <laughs> to the men and women that they're dealing with on the show Like
2: sometimes they horny though sometimes they horny <laughs> right but I'm saying
3: that's one of the roles that they function in yeah right. the which, thirst is real occasionally right <laughs> oh yes but, yeah. that, but that's what I appreciate seeing in the show too is that you get yeah,
4: an you get entirety
3: a of, of a picture yes. yeah where it's like I can be your mentor. I can be teachable. I can sit under what you're saying, Miss Tammy. Mm -hmm. I can also be a little horn dog. I can also goofball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of the things. Do you
2: guys have a favorite guy, or the one you identify with? Gene?
3: oh he's not one of the Fab five
2: <laughs> Gene?
3: yeah the cowboy hat yeah, miss tammy's that best
1: friend <laughs> i like do to, you
2: have one that's like your guy i mean
1: i have to because the only one that i actually have n- talked with personally oh. at, for, at any length is jonathan oh yeah and i a had, fellow
3: podcaster
1: yes one. and yeah, then i had right. him on a podcast that i was a host of for a period of time and Mm -hmm. we had a gay weekly roundtable show and we had him on as a guest and this was before queer eye we just had him on for gay of thrones yes i love him so much for a lot of reasons but his just his ability to take actual femme culture and make it so it's so real. It it is him, but mm. we have to label it because we have to have labels, you know, mm. and, and he takes that label and just shreds it into pieces. Mm. And I just love that so much. Like yeah. like what what could have always and, and historically been kind of contextualized as the most negative of the of the effeminate stereotypes and he celebrates it so yes. beautifully because that is who he is that is not put on that is not a performance mm. that is not that is who he is that is what that is how he expresses himself and it's so beautiful mm. and i just adore him for it
2: oh, i love that description he seems smart
3: as hell in every very smart. that they seriously. give seriously like, when, I think it was Vulture, someone was doing a feature on them, they were like, would you do the guy in Whatchamacall that wouldn't bake the cake for the gay couple? And he was like, no. And then he gave an insanely well-thought-out defense as to why, why?
1: not, yeah. and why that would be incompatible mm. for for them. Oh, yeah. He's very smart. He's very clever. Mm-hmm. Very, very quick-witted.
3: I might say Tan, just for the Frasier reaction. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's his name said his fashion icon was
2: Frazier, and he retreated into the closet <laughs> in horror. Ugh. I think Tan would approve of what you wear. I think you you're a very trim dresser.
3: I hope so. Although oh, I yeah. cannot do the. What's it called? The fuck French, tuck? French yeah. tuck.
2: Oh, oh my sorry. God. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. It's kind of a fuck tuck. <laughs> you do it right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I dress and I'm like, I hope I make those boys proud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to. That's How's oh, this man. look? I send it to the group text.
2: <laughs> you text them every time. You DM them so much. Every, many times. every morning. Right. I you think just I'm just... basic and I like Anthony best. Because
3: he's the hottest?
2: Well, that's undeniable. You've seen um, his underwear yeah. ads? don't care for those i actually like him with the clothes on okay oh all (laughs) right like a modest man (laughs) uh yeah i don't know i think i just appreciate his subtlety sometimes because there's a lot of loud personalities and sometimes i just like when he's just kind of like chill and making the macaroni in the background
1: i also appreciate how he's dealt with the celebrity aspect of this oh um, how how do you mean of the show well because he's gotten a lot of backlash in the gay media
2: really Um, yeah
1: and he's dealt with it with such grace and such dignity. Is it, is it
2: the criticism and that like, oh, because you could pass, you don't have as much of a there?
1: Yeah, we, you story. know, there's there is a little bit of there there's a, there's a little bit of a negative slant to a lot of you know. Unfortunately, I've been on the receiving end of it as well really? on, in gay media, and I, I I don't like throwing a pity party about it because everyone's entitled to their opinion, no, and I'm, I'm not going to so be sorry. <laughs> Are
4: you
1: and I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and like sure. you know, just like. Antony isn't for everyone, um, but you know there there was just so much hatred over the, <laughs> the unnecessary hatred over the Greek yogurt avocado guacamole situation in season one. What? Oh, that, that seems silly. Oh my gosh! Right? But
2: wait, what was the controversy? Just that, that he doesn't he know how to make guacamole. Has just
1: defaced the art of guacamole oh, gosh. with his. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? Rick yogurt's great. <laughs> oh, it is so silly. But but and also I think I think you're, you're hitting on something, too, of like, you know, th- there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of gay media people that that probably look at him and go, oh, well, you c- you could you are you were passable as a straight white male if you just walked down the street mm-hmm. and also you're drop dead gorgeous and so that's a thing too. So right. it's like there's an assumption that because oh you've already got all of this privilege. Yeah. <laughs> so you must be terrible. Interesting. Yeah. And what he's proven time and time again is he's not terrible. He's not now, terrible I'm the first person to say there are plenty of people that look like Anthony and walk like <laughs> Anthony and sound like Anthony that are terrible. I <laughs> no, yeah. don't them. say it's true. <laughs> this feels like one oh, of these Oh, just go to the abbey with me? <laughs> I'll introduce you to a bunch. Of... Okay,
2: I did you like Tammy's makeover? I thought it was a little lackluster.
1: It was a little bit lackluster, I but wanted to give her a coming little up um... with
3: the mild criticisms in the Queer Eye episode, <laughs> oh, a little, they, lackluster. they glossed over Bobby. Tammy looked like ass after they finished <laughs> the makeup. She looked like shit, Mama Tammy. <laughs> no, no,
1: she didn't. No, it was just, I, you know, I think. I think also part of it was to not because the focus is not just being a makeover show anymore right. that I think they didn't want to do anything out of character for her oh. and I feel like in the original series they did a lot of out of character things like just, you're a new
3: person now. just so that yeah. the
1: reveal could be really cool yeah. and have the big yes. cocktail party thing because it was always culminating in a cocktail party you know the, the, <laughs> yeah. in, the oh, fir- really? in the old series yeah <laughs> which was really fun you know and and it worked for what it was um, but I think I think in this they're trying to make it more true to because it still felt like she still felt like Tammy like yes. did yeah I didn't feel like a different person walked
2: yeah, in. yeah she was. looked nice and she looked like herself yeah, yeah. I think that's a good she point just looked like a I high gloss thought I saw version a, a of herself. tinge of disappointment when she looked in the mirror Of just like oh okay kind of miss her her bleach oh that is
3: fun to see if you can see in their eyes if they like what the guys did or not (laughs) like bobby's wife walking
1: into the (laughs) i think she just wanted more highlights honestly i
2: know i think she did too i think she wanted some color yeah Yeah, i know i think she was like i
1: color my hair for a reason
2: miss tammy missed out on that
3: i want to play the clip where she talks about her experience of miles coming out to her and her reaction Mm. to that because i think how was it when he
0: first told you he was gay he told you when he was 14 right Around 14, it took me aback, you know, for a minute and for a while, and it was a process. Brenda, she was one that was always, you know, she would talk to me, you know, about it. When God enlightened my heart, we sat around this very table. I sat here. He sat there, Mm -hmm. and I said, Mama needs to apologize to you. And he looked at me in my eyes, and he was like, for what, Mama? I said, because Mama... Loves you, you know that, right? And he said yes. I said, but I need to ask you your forgiveness because Mama has not loved you unconditionally. And you know, he looked at me. He said, "Mama, I forgave you a long time ago." And I said, "No, I need to hear you say that." Mm-hmm. I said because the Bible that I read tell me that if I have wronged somebody or mistreated someone to ask their forgiveness first. Yeah. And then I'm free to go to the Father. Yes, And I told him at that point, your mama has your back. Yeah, She thought
3: her faith told her to judge somebody who's gay. But she chose to see past that. And she saw the individual. She saw the person that her son is. And she changed her mind. She says that it was a religious experience, but she made that choice. Not all parents do that. Oh.
2: That's a heartbreaker.
4: Yeah.
2: There is something so powerful about a parent asking for forgiveness and it's so important. And Nate and I actually were talking about this the other day of with our parents and when they made like discipline mistakes and how important it is that they ask for forgiveness and were allowed to be wrong mm-hmm. and how much healing that can bring to a kid as opposed to just be like, nope, I was always right and you're wrong. You deserve to be hit and we're not going to talk about it anymore. So that moment is is must be huge. It must have been huge for Miles. I hope
1: it's all too uncommon. Yeah, and not just in Christian culture. I just I think oh, just culture. In culture idea. in general. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's got to be well because it takes a lot of humility. Yeah, to do that
3: and to be able to see on this show a continuum of evolution of how someone feels about certainly about this issue, but then just in general, like about a lot of things. Because I think. Now we're so on edge and we're so tense. We want everyone to be as good as they always were right. 10 years prior, which no one was. But there's still this strange expectation where it's like, well, these tweets didn't age well. It's like, yeah, because I was dumb and I said some dumb stuff yeah. for the win. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, so I appreciate people like this on the show, like Miss Tammy being like, yeah, I... Just- had a bad reaction. I treat him like th- this was bad and I need forgiveness. And then you see that modeled. So then whatever shame that you might feel having done this or that, there's an example of like, it's okay and it's so redeemable and yeah. you're so fine. I think that stuff is like invaluable
1: to see on this show. Totally. Well, because we can't hold everyone to the same standard at every moment in their experience. No. And I think that there's a little bit of a problem in our especially in our current social media climate about, like you said, about, you know, digging up old tweets and things, you know, we're, we're expecting everyone to be the right thing and have the right tone in every moment. Mm-hmm. And that's just impossible. That's mm-hmm. no one can live up to that standard. Yeah. And so when you have someone like Mama Tammy, who's clearly on an evolution process of mm-hmm. how she, what she believes and how she feels, like we also can't expect her to be, you know, Kamala Harris all of a sudden because yeah. <laughs> she has a gay son. Right, like, yeah. That's a, an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. Right. So you can't,
2: so without minimizing anything that's bad, you can still champion like, man, you grew here yes, and you're brave in a moment. Yes. And that's something and that that's, doesn't count for nothing. And
1: sometimes that's even more important that because you, you didn't have the right frame of mind when dealing with your own child mm-hmm. and right. you came around. Mm-hmm. Like that's... Beautiful and yeah. huge. Yeah. So I
3: guess the challenge is to now imagine other people in our lives that we're friends with in the midpoint of that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because no one's like all the way to the left or all the way to the right of like that spectrum. But just to imagine people in the middle of those, like working things out and dealing with this and dealing with that. Of which I I constantly feel like I'm in the middle of, mm-hmm. and that people in my life have to give me for whatever the issue is to give me grace on on this thing or that thing that i don't know about or a virtue i'm bad at practicing or whatever the case may be within a friendship like like i think it's so hard to imagine people oh you're you're in the middle of this thing that you're still learning about and you're working through it and that's okay and i want to give you like safety and space for that mm-hmm. but it's it's hard to not just want the after picture and the the tammy as we see her now in this yeah. right episode yeah. So then they just kind of redo the church building, it's and it's super yeah, it's really gorgeous. Nice. So
2: we gave them a white couch at the community center. I was like, Bobby,
1: that's Bobby. That was a bad that's idea. Good. Unless they're guarded, yeah. really well. I know.
2: So come on, Bobby. Come on. Set him up for failure. There. Cut to
3: Gene. Well, here comes old Napping. Uh, nap <laughs> I feel a nap. Chili dog
2: and a nap, <laughs> Jean style.
3: Oh, Jean. This one's for Jean. What a gem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a gem. <laughs> oh, Gene.
3: And then she makes a very moving and lovely speech at the at the church. Oh, at the that's end, great. Yeah.
0: I thank God for this week. This week we worked with the Fab Five. They put their whole heart into the community center out there. These are five gifted men who are gay, and through the course of the week, you know we were able to build some relationships. That's what it's about: building relationships. They share with me how they have been just torn down and rejected, and the church has turned their backs on them. How can I say that I love God, but I cannot love the ones who are right there next to me? I would call myself a hypocrite. And I say I was around five gay men. I was around six. My son walked away from the church, you know, and it's been my prayer that he comes here and feel the love, you know, the love that Pastor Favour founded this place on, the love that surrounds me every Sunday. Do I love Jesus? Yes. Am I a believer? Yes. Do I love my son? Yes. 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 yes.
3: Her blessing, them was, like, the most powerful
0: I know, part.
2: right?
3: Like, that one-two punch of, like, her blessings, and then her sermon was...
0: Yes.
2: Anthony! <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, my baby!
0: You continue to let God use you, baby. Food is a way to the heart, and more importantly, the soul. You keep feeding the soul of people, okay? And you... Mr. Glam. <laughs> 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 that's my new name. We're calling you that now. Beauty, that's your calling in life. Everything is made beautiful in its time, and you add beauty to the world. You and it's your gift. Okay. Thank you. You represent a lot of little boys who look like you, and they want to be like you. Okay. Continue making this world a better place. It's, like oh.
4: it's, just, it's just like one after the other. I can I can
3: I mean, truly, maybe one of my favorite episodes of TV this year.
4: Wow. Just
1: start to finish. That's big. Yeah, that's
3: great. I've yeah. only watched like three shows this year. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh,
2: well, okay. <laughs> I that's mean, fine. I guess that's okay. That's oh, boy.
1: It's a tepid endorsement. Yeah. Sure.
2: Anything else <laughs> before we get to our three?
3: final judgments of Queer Eye? Yeah.
1: No, I think think it it was cool that we were all able to take something different away from it, though, Mm. which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like... It's dense, yeah. It's very dense. And sometimes I feel like, especially in talking about a show like Queer Eye, I feel like sometimes I live very much in a pink bubble of just hearing like other gay or queer reactions Mm -hmm. to things that in media that are queer so and you're so saying it was refreshing to get a basic take on <laughs> it. no From that too, is not what i'm too saying dumb streams.
3: <laughs> that's what i'm saying i'm
1: saying it was actually very cool to oh, see what cool. to see how how it hit us differently yeah
2: is the reaction at least in your friend groups like more positive than negative oh very say? much so okay. yeah
1: no my friends are all very much fans cool. of the show cool. yeah yeah well the way this works
3: blake is we're going to give it a holy roast or Holy Toast. Holy Toast, we send Queer Eye and the Fab Five all the way to heaven where the angels will be toasting them forever. Or Holy Roast, we send them to hell. I don't even know why I'm playing this. We're not going to do a Holy Roast.
2: <laughs> Surprise, motherfuckers. We're oh, holy not. Roast. <laughs> yeah. you oh, no. No, this show is such a holy toast. It's so good. We've talked about it for a long time now, back when we first started watching it, that it's so. um, One, it's just great to see a positive show where it's actually positive. It's not schmaltzy. It's people Mm -hmm. coming into someone's life and not just doing their home, but also paying attention to their soul's needs and acknowledging support they may need or relationships. True care. Yeah. True care. Yeah. And there are some criticisms that I kind of agree with too, where sometimes Queer Eye is just like consumerism sold as self-care with them. Like it's a lot of like, ooh, we got new clothes and now your life is going to be better or whatever. Um, But I do think like your environment affects the way you feel. And I do think that in this episode especially, it's not a lot of consumerism. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of how can we benefit this community, support this woman, acknowledge what she's done and help her son Miles really and get him um, feeling valid. Uh, So... I would give it a holy toast. I really like this episode. I really like this show.
3: A holy toast from Caroline. We turn it to you, Blake. Um, definitely
1: a holy toast, especially <laughs> this episode, even though I did avoid it for quite some time. <laughs> did it, um, did it hit you hard? Yeah. When you? it, the, the part, funny enough, I, the part that made me sob the hardest Wasn't even any of the like oh, yeah, I was gonna Big emotional you. breakdowns It was watching It was seeing the joy on Miles's face When he walked into the Gay oh and lesbian gosh. chorus of Atlanta yes. I just got Because it was just like it, it was just like so real And so not That moment was so not produced Clearly Because yes. that moment was yeah. just like Okay and you're coming in And we're doing this And it's going to be cool And then you're right. going to sing They're going to and,
2: introduce and, you yeah, And yeah.
1: this is what it's going to be And But it was just the, the Unscripted joy on his face yeah. Walking into that Realizing the possibility was like just you know just music and and love and s- soul and gay and all of that just coming together in one beautiful moment yes. was just really really lovely yes. by the way his face
3: reminds me of a young titus
1: on the unbreakable oh, yeah, kimmy schmidt look like his that. smile
2: uh-huh. sometimes reminds me uh-huh. of him he's got a big smile yeah yeah man that choir scene we didn't talk about that very much but that was wonderful it was really cool. and he just jumps right in yeah singing a Jericho song oh
1: yeah it's like not his first rodeo. No. In a choral sure. moment.
3: <laughs> yeah. And uh, and too, I appreciate, we didn't even touch on this, but like how it in interspersed quotes and verses from different faiths, It did one from yes. Mark. Yes. Oh, that your was neighbor, cool. yeah. But yeah. Also some Rumi, also some Muhammad, so it wasn't exclusionary. Mm-hmm. Got to give it a holy toast as well. I think what this show does best is builds empathy. You can see mm-hmm. it through the perspective. You're the people, you're you're the basic guy that needs the help of these men. You want to be the men that can be a mentor and a good friend and a good influence on others in your life and make them better. You want to be Miss Tammy. You want to be teachable. You want to be a teacher. And it is nothing but just like positivity and there's valid criticisms and there's valid criticisms beyond even what we've talked about of like, Oh, sometimes they simplify like the conservative America arguments and like reaching across the aisle Trumpism and like, actually let's talk to coal miner stuff. But I think it does an extraordinary amount more good than the teeny tiny little cons on that column. So a unanimous Holy toast from the good Christian fun podcast. But we're not the final word on this year. The final word to your listeners. So go to at Christian Fun Pod on Twitter and give it a holy roast or holy toast <laughs> don't send it to
2: hell oh no oh, no. Oh, no that was the satan give me my ipad back oh, oh no don't do that the devil got his little grabby hands yeah so get out
3: there and the space
2: oh. space. wow kevin what's I'm wrong with go you i've been
3: dizzy all day
2: you have <laughs> mm-hmm. oh no Uh-oh. i felt the room oh, no. be spinning oh i need to eat some food i did okay i uh, <laughs> <popcorn laughs> gestured <laughs> toward stale popcorn. Oh my God, it's good popcorn. Oh, I'm sorry. Now
3: let's bring it down, friends, to a different kind of space.
2: Um, I'd like to lift up my friend Kevin, who usually is a perfect bionic man, but today error his arm error. seems error. to be failing.
3: Error <laughs> malfunction. There's something.
2: There's so tragic when a robot doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> really I'm a tragedy guard. to you. No, I'm just talking about. Star, In general.
3: Ex Machina 2, the bummer edition, starring <laughs> Kevin Porter.
1: <laughs> womp womp.
3: Like on other shows, people promote their stuff, their projects, their social media. We don't do that. We're not mm-hmm. about promotion. We're here to lift it up as a sweet and loving sacrifice to the Lord. <laughs> so we'll start with you, Caroline. Can't wait.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? Get ready to eat your little sassy words. Oh, hang on. I have
3: a new theme for you. Oh, uh, my gosh. <laughs>
4: Oh wow Oh you suck
2: (laughs) Threw
1: it all back
3: a few for spirits. him, shouts out. be <laughs>
2: watching Great Biddish Breakoff. Biddish Breakoff? Uh, no, this week uh, you can be, of course, lifting up Kevin for healing. You can lift <laughs> me up at Caroline's Farts on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I was on a couple podcasts last week. One was More Than a Pretty Face, talking about actually a lot of mm. my job stuff. Mm. And another one, um, kind of called? yourself. SSR, I know. <laughs> uh, and we talked about the Chronicles of Narnia, which. Will probably apply to a lot of listeners on this show. Sure, um, but this week I would like to lift up uh, Rachel Held Evans' book, which I just finished. It took me a while. It's called Inspired, and for me, it was extremely helpful because she kind of reexamines the Bible and opens up what it is and what it isn't. And in my very, you know, evolved weird state that I'm in. It was, it was a nice read and was comforting and reassuring and in the parts of my faith that I want to grow and helped me get past the things that are painful or difficult for me. And she has a whole chapter where she's like, we need to talk about Paul and like what mm. happened there and how we can like come oh, to terms yeah. with Paul. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I know
1: we're at the end of the show, but dear I know. Lord in heaven, we've got to talk I mean, about that sometime For, for sensitive young <laughs> Christian men,
3: uh, I'll put us in the same category like myself and Blake uh, Paul was the first bully we ever had.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Oh man, for women too. He bullied. A lot yeah, he of people bullied. He bullied girls too. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. did. Actually, and probably more so, so. Even just picking that apart and saying like these were the letters. This is what he was dealing with. This is not excusable, but this is helps us with it. And so, for me, it was very helpful. And Rachel Evans, like we said, she's a great writer. She's scholarly, but also very approachable. And she does a wonderful thing where each chapter, she'll actually retell a biblical story, just like a narrative story, and kind of reframe it. And for me, those were really powerful because it just t- truly helped me think of the Bible very differently in some of those stories that I heard on. over and over. So uh, lift that book up, I'm go on. check it out. Yeah, can take it away, Blake.
1: So we really are plugging things. <laughs> we're, just <laughs> we're, we're just lifting. We're lifting them. up. Like. sorry. We're lifting them <laughs> up. No, no, no. Up. Yeah,
2: To the Lord. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No pride. <laughs>
1: All right. No pride. <laughs> Prideless lift up. Pride-less well, you can lift up. me up <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter at Blake McIver. Um, I've also got quite a bit of music on itunes uh, that you can lift up yeah including oh, yeah. the uh,
2: all the children choir.
1: Uh, well that, <laughs> yeah. and it's true we can so expect a
3: reunion we can expect a reunion called all all god's adults coming soon <laughs> i sooner, <laughs> hope so oh,
1: i hope so it would be everything. all god's grown-ups
3: <laughs> all god's big boys
1: <laughs> i also do want to lift up my my friend uh, just released a book uh, l- uh two weeks ago His, he's an incredible comedian you've seen him on Chelsea lately his name is uh, Guy Branham and he's got a book that just came out called love, that, Guy. My Life as a Goddess and mm. it is such a phenomenal read and yeah if you're looking for a hilarious take on just about everything in life it's it's all in there and it's sort of framed in this hilarious Greek mythology trope and it's brilliant Oh and great. So, I lo- check I, it out. I've been angling for him to be my mentor for years. Oh he's so brilliant. Yeah he's I love him so, so much.
3: so great. Well you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere, I will lift up an album by Mitski, Be the Cowboy. Brand new album. Loved her last album. This one's even better. Uh, It's great music for crying in your bed alone. It's great for runs. (laughs) It's great for in the car. It's great for making out, I've heard. Um, Yeah, (laughs) so lifting that up. uh, You're pretty
2: into Sweetener, right, too? too? Sweetener? Yeah.
3: Oh, this is Ariana Grande's? (laughs) Uh I haven't listened to it yet. I'm yep. not opposed it's fine it's just fine Yeah, I haven't listened to it either which the, the single
2: she put out of the best part it
3: feels yeah. inessential IMO yeah Yeah. But anyway yeah no shade but uh, and you can catch my uh, production at UCB next week we're doing an All Gods Adults uh, run through rehearsal <laughs> uh,
1: so I <laughs> thought the, you were serious I was cast. like, I was, all, I was like, oh, I'll come to UCB and see uh, your thing. Like, <laughs> oh, God I'll totally come support. And then it come, was like, oh anybody. right, I'm <laughs> in it. <laughs> you're the baby of the group.
3: That's right.
1: <laughs> Always the baby. Not
2: the mama.
3: Well, you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Also, if you want more good Christian fun, catch our second service. We put out another episode, an additional episode every Friday. And this week, a special tie-in cuz guys I've heard of queer eye for the straight guy this is you could call this podcast queer week for the pod geek oh boy uh, cuz we 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 have an interview this friday with a former uh contestant
2: contestant Is it
3: contestant
2: He was the makeover Subject. recipient Yeah of a oh. show from uh, the first season
3: oh cool. from season one of Queer Eye and he, was he was a GCF a great listener
2: enemy. and reached out to us yes. oh that's so, so cool yeah, very
3: yeah. very sweet man that's so fun. check that out
2: great great behind the scenes info
3: and then uh, oh yeah oh he dished guys <laughs> and uh, iTunes uh, blah 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 reviews pray Trevor list. Project Spotify Prelist Blake thank you so much I'm dizzy Blake thank you so much thank you both for joining for us on the, the show. show absolutely it what a fun hang yes and there's nothing else left to say except for in all of pods people. adults said pods adults <laughs> all of pods big boys said
1: <laughs> amen, amen.
3: <laughs> Alright let's go out with the new queer eye theme song
2: ooh okay oh
3: yeah all things but it's just by betty hill great i do have that first one in my head with the
2: oh yeah. keep getting better this <laughs> is good though came into my
0: life
4: Oh. I do like the this. Alright
0: world never looks so bright. will right, we'll see you next week, goodbye. Bye-bye. It's true, you bring out the best in me when you are oh, yeah. Things keep getting
4: better.
3: What happens when you combine my favorite frosting with a group of thugs? Next week on GCF, we're watching The Buttercream Gang.
2: That was a Headgum podcast.